It's the Cash App. I love the Cash App. I really do. They are the best. They're number one finance app on the App Store. You guys know Cash App. You know Cash App because, number one, they sponsor the most bomb-ass podcasts. But it's also the easiest way to spend money. And send money to your friends. <laughs> but Cash App does way more than that. Cash App also comes with a cash card. What is it, Ben? It's a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are like instant rewards for shopping at places you already love. You can get up to 10% off your entire purchase at DoorDash and even save every time you shop at Whole Foods. Are you mad? More. <laughs> no, I'm not what mad. What is this attitude? You love the Cash App. <laughs> I do. I'm not mad. I was just reading that. That's my reading voice. <laughs> cash App is the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature, unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock. That's aggressive. Cash App instead lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, you can still own a piece of any stock for just one dollar. Brokerage service. Brokerage services. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> Brokerage. They're provided by Brokerage. Cash App. Inve- I'm not. Why am I asking you? Brokerage. Brokerage. <laughs> Cash App Investing. It's a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. I'm also excited to be working with the Cash App to support one of my favorite organizations. It's called the Trevor Project. Uh, Rogan's got the pygmies. I got the Trevor Project. When you sign up for Cash App, uh, use the promo code Whitney. Not only will you instantly receive $10, but the Cash App will also donate $10 to what? The Trevor Project. Mm-hmm. What is it? An anything organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBT. You sound mad about it. Youth across America. <laughs> First show of the new year. Here we are. I have a lot. I have a. We have a lot this of. This is the second show, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. But this is the first one we're really recording in the new year. Oh, got it, got it. Happy New Year. Understood. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> that didn't seem sincere. I was caught off guard. I feel, <laughs> why? Because I was. <laughs> I was caught off guard by the happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling very happy. Me too. I'm feeling very rested. I actually rested on the break. I cannot stand it when people come back from a break exhausted. I need a vacation for my vacation. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's gross. It's, it's like the, Your job is to rest when you're not working. Yeah, and don't talk about your privilege. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I just went skiing for two weeks. Now I need to go to another <laughs> expensive place. But don't that. do activities on your vacation then. How about that? How about that? How about that? You know why I think I have so much energy? I'm wearing a minimizer bra. and what? a minim- <laughs> <laughs> a minimum making your heart beat faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your lungs are. What is happening? It's like a sport, a really tight sports bra that makes you uh, like it mushes your boobs down a lot, but it also makes you just kind of more your posture better. It, it makes so what you're more, saying is there's no circulation. Well, going I to can your brain. hardly breathe. <laughs> Every moment is my last. Look, you want to see it? Here's my guys? corset. Yeah, people are going to ask about it now. It's it looks a like whole, a giant yeah. band aid. If you guys can't see it, it looks like um. I just flashed the YouTube. <laughs> the YouTube. The YouTube channel. Check it, it out. Subscribe. It looks like a scuba suit. It looks like a scuba bra. A scuba bra. Scuba bra. And it is it is probably waterproof. Um, certainly sweatproof. Remember when we were on the road and I would wear those shirts underneath my with the, shirts? With the sweat pockets. Yes. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's the brand is called NYX, K-N-I-X. They're not a sponsor. Should be. Call me. DM Benton. Yeah, we uh, all sweat. No, but I love their, because um, when I tour, I wear t-shirts that have like, like, um, sweat pads they built have like, in. Yeah, they have pads under your arms. Yeah, it's because I sweat too much. It's gross. So Which I wear is so much better than sticking pads under your arm. Well, I used to do that. I used to sew maxi pads into my Please. t-shirts. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I was good at it. It's like you know, Betsy, I can't Be- you the Betsy Ross that. of perspiration, huh? <laughs> Betsy Ross of perspiration. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like Betsy Ross. I- what did she do again? Yeah, I know. I was like, Meh. was she a Kardashian? Also, um, near near near. near- <laughs> 
It's a new year. It's in my new language. I'm very excited. My first stutter of 2008. I have a question for the new year. I just said 2008. Oh, my God. Am I in your top eight? (laughs) It's my first stutter of 2020. I need um, to, before you get into all that, I need to know if anybody got tickets to the tour. Who's oh, going on the, to well, the tour? Well, no, we need to talk about the tour. This is this is what I was about to say. Oh. New Year, New Me, 2020, is that we have... <coughs> excuse me. Can you stop coughing? I'm sorry. I had a, what am I supposed to do? Uh, you're, <laughs> what's in what? your throat? Benton a came cough. in here with a birthday cake-flavored protein drink, and I'm sure your throat now has cancer. And it's boy Wow. Pie. 2020, not... That's not my... I'm blessed and highly favored, that's not my vibe. I'm not... Because it's not... You're going to throw cancer at me. Yeah. I um, noticed that I did read some of the comments over the break because I had some time. We were wrong. A lot of fake news on this show by accident. (laughs) On the tour, half the cities we announced, we're not even going there. Just one. (laughs) One city. Also said we were going to Miami, Florida. Not going to Miami. Yeah, but that's because because it is. I've been there. That's the time. It's Miami. Miami. Miami, Oklahoma. It's called Miami, and I know that because I went there and did a show once, and everyone screamed princess at me while I was on stage, and it was very traumatizing. What did that mean? I don't think it was good. Oh. But I won them over. It worked out well at the end, but yeah. That sounds like of all the hate crimes, the <laughs> of most, all the hate crimes, that's the one I accept. The most flirtatious and yeah. complimentary. It was a. It's a. It's a. It's Miami. So we were like, go to Miami, Florida. Send us stuff to do in Florida. <laughs> and a bunch of people were like, I'm on your website. I don't see Miami. And then where's your North Carolina? We talked about the Carolinas, I guess, for a but good that I think five that was minutes. because on your original like maybe's, we're it was trying on to there. go to Durham. Yeah. Yes. And so then your confirm list. I don't think people know how the, the touring works. I think yeah. that people get confused. They think you can just go wherever you want, which yeah. I guess you can. Which but you can, but it's I, based it's, off of who you what, have to where, route it a certain way. Um, you know, the idea when you do big tours like this, I mean, we're doing, what, 25 cities? I get the number wrong every time. Um, you want to go Friday, Saturday, because a lot of people can't go on a Wednesday or Thursday. And the yeah. Durham date that was available was like a Wednesday. And if people are coming from far away, you know, so Durham, I think, is going to be yeah. more. And I think it's important to let people fall. know when they're always asking, like, what about this? Why or not this? That you can always add dates. I'm going to add dates. There could be yes. another part. Like, there's a lot Correct. of options. But also, don't come at me in the comments with, like, you said you were coming to Detroit. You're going to Royal Oak. That's the same area. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not Detroit, Detroit. It's right outside Royal But right. don't, because I, I kept thinking that I was making way more mistakes than I was making. Um, Connecticut, uh, there was, an, oh, Clearwater. I think we said St. Petersburg, but they're very close to each other. There was a couple things. We had a lot of fake news on the show. We got to pull it together in 2020. We, because I had all the shirts. On. Yes, this is your job. You got to keep me in line. You also need to make sure I'm not so shiny. I'm way too shiny. This, I look insane. This is two different jobs. I look insane. <laughs> on some of these clips that I was like, I look wet. I That's look a like, good look. I look like I'm slathered in KY jelly. That's great for Instagram. People want to be wet, wet, rich, and famous. <laughs> Stop That's hitting the thing. table. I poked the table. That's different. <laughs> I changed it for the new year. You guys, I'm sorry. He's... Can you hear this? Yes. They say give us trigger warnings when you make when you hit the table. Oh, my God. It, it for movements. Here's your trigger warning. Don't listen, and it's going to happen. <laughs> um, so I also am going to work on being less shiny in the new year. That's another big thing for me. Um, I'm going to be more shiny. What's that? No. You're the perfect like level of opalescent at the moment opalescent opalescent that's what i would say you are there was also something of when i um decided to start the podcast a big thing that i wanted to do and why i called it good for you in the first place is i wanted it to be good for you i wanted you to 
take away something from the podcast, be a better person. Um, like that's what I love about podcasts. I love learning stuff. Um, I like going away with like a book or like a something. Um, like I listened to Rogan, a lot of Rogan over the holiday, the Sinclair one. I was like ordering vitamins. I was like doing all sorts of shit. I was adding like tons of zinc to cart. Like I got all sorts of stuff and I feel great. I'm so much. You are a good consumer. You see it and you, you, you want it. But I want to hear things from people I trust. I want, um, I want to make a show that's good for you. And one thing that I always wanted to do on the show was have like a word of the week, like a word of the pod where like yeah. we talk about a new word because a lot of people were saying in the comments that they were like, Whitney, you use such big words, which I never, I don't think of myself as doing that, but maybe I do. And I think a part of it is, well, first of all, when I was in high school, I was so insecure about not being the smartest person in the class. Like I was never the smartest because I was held back and I was always the youngest in my class. And so I feel like I worked extra hard to try to be smart. And I used to mem- like study the dictionary. I used to read the dictionary wow. as a book and like write words out and like write them in sentences. Oh yeah, I can't relate. Because I remember when I. <laughs> it's not my thing. <laughs> what was your thing? Uh, I one time gave a report and speech on why everyone should love Paris Hilton. I had a graph. What t-shirt. was your main argument? That was my senior thesis for being a for at a for school? high school yeah. at a school. Yeah. And what was the? Main I got an A on it. I'll have you know. And really? It, yeah. Okay. It was just that, you know, she's like, cool. That was it, pretty much. <laughs> okay. That's a good argument. <laughs> yeah, what thank else? you. There's not I had much a more char- to say. I though. also had a chart that explained to you, and if you liked Paris Hilton, yeah. how much cooler you'd be. Where? What happened I just her? made the chart up, pretty much. It was just like, and this will happen. Uh-huh. It was just an opinion. It was an opinion class, pretty much. And so. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, this wasn't a real no, academic it was, institution. It, yes, it was. <laughs> it was part of our English class, It was, but it was like a... De- uh, a debate class, so you had to debate. Why I like that. Something. I like debating really impossible arguments and yeah. playing, playing. That's like, the whole point of it. They would give you like devil's advocate topic. Yeah, I like that. But everybody else would always do something. I think that's what logical. being a comedian is. I think it's taking an unpopular argument and then defending it. That's kind of what we what we do a lot. Like yeah. playing devil's advocate, kind of. Um, but. I, so I want to do a word of the week just because I think we talk a lot about communication on the show. We talk a lot about how to make relationships better, um, your employment situation better, your work situation better. And I think such a big part of that is having effective, clear, concise communication. And I think that the bigger your vocabulary is, the better your communication is going to be because you can, like, say what you actually mean. Like, um, and what's our word of the week? We have a Capricious. Th- Wait, we need, like, a sound effect or something. Capricious. That's it. Will you define it for us? Capricious. Capricious. It's capricious. Capricious. I pushed the button so it said it to me on the phone. It's capricious. Capricious. Okay. Either Your one. algorithm probably screwed it up and <laughs> you got some different sites. Capri Sun. Um, <laughs> given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. So capricious. It's almost the name of this podcast. <laughs> Capricious is basically if somebody is unpredictable, if someone is um, hard to pin down and changes their mind a lot, right? And it is in a pejorative way. Like it's also a great drag queen name. It's a great Welcome drag to the stage, Capricious. Capricious Sun. That's kind of a good <laughs> Capricious Sun! <laughs> but it's a word um, that is used to describe, you know, something that you can't really pin down. It's a synonym kind of to mercurial. I use mercurial Which more. everyone knows what mercurial is, thank God. No, well, mercurial is like like mercury like unpredictable you guys know when you're mercury but also wild <laughs> that's what this word you're is. like sometimes mercs <laughs> um merc well mercurial would be more unpredictable and you do use that more to describe like weather or something and it's less of a judgment on it like the weather in san antonio is mercury <laughs> <laughs> is mercury my dream now is just for a bunch of like girls at starbucks to be like i am so capricious like honestly <laughs> no m- i merc- think merc. it's <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's important to say, like, this is an important word because especially when you're, like, giving advice to a friend or talking to a friend about a relationship, I think a lot of times when our vocabulary is limited, we end up defaulting to judgment. So Crazy. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy and unhelpful. And we just use the word like a lot. And you, we use the word crazy and psycho when that's not really what we're trying to say. You know, we go to yeah, these, like— Yeah, that's a great point. We have, like, crutch words. So, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine— on New Year's Eve, and she was talking about this guy who, you know, he'd call her like twice a day, and they'd hang out like four times a week, and then he wouldn't hear from, you know, like she wouldn't hear from him for like a week, and then they'd have a date, and then the last minute he was like, "I can't come tonight. I'm going on a canoeing trip or something." Oh, you know what a good word for that would have been, hmm. man. <laughs> I don't see gender. I don't know what that <laughs> even is. Um, so, and go then back she- to 2008. <laughs> and then she's that's right. That's with me. <laughs> That's when we were allowed. That's to the say last that. time you remembered it. <laughs> That's the last time we were allowed to say that word um, without there being a march. Um, so the way that I explained, it, I was like, it just seems like you're a more calculated, structured person, and he's capricious. Oh, do you think calculated is a positive or a negative? It's usually pretty negative. Yeah, but you but said it to her anyways. I did, but I said like you're more calculated. Like you, <laughs> she is. She didn't take it personally. She was fine with it. Like I don't think calculated has to be negative, but I think sometimes we <clears throat> conflate it with manipulative. You know, or like conniving and nefarious or diabolical. That's exactly what I, literally what I thought. I don't think she's calculated. She she wants to like know her week in advance. Yeah, I guess calculated does have a little bit of a negative undertone. But it was just her. Your nature is somewhat rigid and structured, and his is capricious. Like you two probably just aren't a good match. And I think that's when you want to use a word like that instead of being like, well, he's just probably like, like he's just like crazy. He's a Sagittarius. And, and he's just I'm like, a Virgo, none of this is helpful. And yeah. And like, he's maybe just likes you too much. I don't know. Maybe he's like. Did he push you down? You guys are in love. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that that's, or especially when you're dealing in like work situations, when you have to give constructive feedback, I think it's really important to have super specific words so that it just stays very simple you know like your behavior lately has been capricious i need an explanation yeah it's also good to confuse people into doing what you want (laughs) if they don't know and you know you can get a lot away with a lot (laughs) if you know a word that they don't know they're just like because uh, they don't want to look dumb. They're just gonna be like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am do. capricious. Good. And you're Thank like, you. where's my race? And you're like, we talked about it. You're being very capricious. Uh, <laughs> no, but a lot of people want to talk about words on the show. So, so I she we'd says do that. all that because we're gonna try to work this word in for you guys. I think every every week we're gonna have a new word. If you want to send us words, um, because also we all. I, I mean, I'm sure most people know this word. They've heard it, but I think sometimes. It, like words get out of the rotation and I, I just want to bring words back into the rotation sometimes because I find that you know I'm talking to people work wise and sometimes there's just like a limited number of words if you're prepping for the SAT great podcast to listen <laughs> it also means like flaky you know like she canceled three times and decided to go to Coachella instead she's just, yeah and this sounds more very, serious but capricious it also has like an innocence to it of like she's just capricious no, that's see, just who she I disagree is. if I really want to make a point I'm going to use this word if I want to be cute and be like mm-hmm. oh she's my friend she's flaky that's like a cute like you're so flaky but this Flaky is like is negative. bitch you're being capricious and i'm done with it <laughs> you are a capricious bitch <laughs> but capricious it has a little bit of like that's just your nature instead of like you're a flake you're capricious that's just who you are you're like kind is of that okay flighty. though it is what it is it is what it is i'm 2020 radical acceptance in people radical acceptance. i am in radical acceptance that's her march <laughs> i hung out with someone over the break that is always late and she was late and i was like you know what that's who you are honestly it's my fault at this point I should have brought a oh, computer. Oh, I'm so excited for 2020. 2020, I'm in radical acceptance of everything except this cake batter drink that you just made me have. Made you. Yeah. I had such a good break. I did so many things that were good for me. 
I oh. was muting up a storm. You love a good mute. I was muting all over the place. I am a mutant. See, we just see on that. I'm. This is my 2020 thing. You've talked me into muting people because I'm a real unfollow you bitch. Like I want you to know that I did not like something. You're and a you savage. You're not getting my my follow. I've had someone, someone we all know, a big famous person, confront me about not following him, and it was traumatizing. It was like, traumatizing. Came, came up to me and was like, did you unfollow me? And I was like, no. I think I probably blamed you. I was like, Benton does my Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> Great. I can't. <laughs> like, I am too codependent to fully unfollow people. Oh. I have to out of obligation. See, like, if my friends, if my friends, if I even feel like they've done me wrong, mm-hmm. I will unfollow them and then follow them back just so they know that I unfollowed them. <laughs> You're a wild one. That's sadistic. But now I'm over it. You're and now sick. I'm not doing That's it anymore. Sick, sick, <laughs> sick person. But I came up with like a list of criteria just to be very cut and dry about the people I need to unfollow. Because what I found was everyone's complaining about how unhealthy Instagram is and how toxic it is. I think it's toxic if you follow people yeah. that bring out the worst in you and make you judgmental and activate your self-righteous indignation. So I was finding all the people I was following, I was like, oh, why is he taking this many pictures of himself? Oh my God, why is she writing that long of a caption? Like, I was every Instagram time- is training for life. It's the one place, oh my God, I need to... You guys, if Benton the hits the table again, I'm going to have an actual conniption. I need just I need to tap. Put your um, pants, hold your pan, pants, pants. Hold your pants to yourself. You guys, Benton's also not wearing pants. Just it's keep your one, hands to your up. Subscribe on YouTube. It's the one place. Subscribe on YouTube. Insta- is that what you just said? Yes. Oh my God, my thought. Instagram is the one place that prepares you for life where you can you can cultivate who you want around you. Yeah. You can see only the things you yeah. want to see. It's like training for everything. And you're still being like, oh, I'm very upset about this. Yeah, It's exactly. your fault. If you don't like what you're saying Instagram, it's your fault. That's a really good point. You do not get to control the people you meet in the world. You do not get to control the people you work with. You do get to control the people that are in your bed with you on a screen yeah, before you go at. to bed. Why would you choose people I mean, that make you feel bad? Comments, you can't control that. But the who you're looking at, you get to control. I mean, you can turn your comments off or you can do that. That's auto, right. You, you can. You can do that auto comment thing. I forgot about just that. Have self, <laughs> you can just have self-control and not read them. But I got savage about it. I got out a pen and a piece of paper. Remember those? And I wrote out the criteria for who I'm going to mute. Me too. Anyone? Mute too. No, I did it too. Hashtag mute too. <laughs> mute too. We're mute 2020. S- we're starting this hashtag. Number one. If you pose outside of a private jet. Oh, that's half my Instagram. I cannot. Unless you're The Rock. He can do anything he wants, as far as I'm concerned. He works so hard, I don't even care. I'm muting people. Uh Uh-huh. I'm muting guys that have their own name or their last name tattooed on their back. Never seen that in my life. What? Yeah. Very popular. Who are you following? You mean an athlete with a jersey on? (laughs) No, I mean like people that have their literal names or last names. You've never seen it. I've never seen it. You've this. never come in contact. Okay. No. You follow monsters. No, I'm not, I don't follow that horrible them. of people. Um, I will unfollow you if you post quotes about self-help and uh, motivational life advice that you yourself do not take. Oh, that was in mine too. Really? People who every post is an inspiration. It's supposed to inspire me. Well, It's a long, I think there's out. something to be said for that, but my thing is don't post Instagrams that are like, sometimes the best way to communicate is to not say anything at all. But all you do is run your goddamn mouth. Or the people... Oh, whoa. <laughs> or like the I disagree. If your Instagram post is that long and that metaphor... Write a book. I don't, need, I don't want to hear it every time I... Oh, scroll. that's interesting. I'm just talking about the little squares that have one quote in them. And they think they're like dro- mic dropping something super profound. Like someone who's like, the only way to win is to not play. I'm like, well, why are you jumping into every spat on Twitter? Like at least... Oh, yeah. You love playing. At least have your behavior and your advice be congruous. That's all I ask. Be congruous. This is... No, this is- congruous. Oh, my God. 
What? I rested over the break. Yeah. And My brain is working. We only had one word of the day, and it's getting we're getting off to a rough. Um, people who in their Instagram uh, caption talk about how they're taking a break from social media. Oh, God. <laughs> people who are like, hey, guys, like, I've been taking a break from social media to, like, live IRL. I didn't notice. Like, I didn't know you were gone. I'm also following... 900 other, other people. people. No one missed and Some you. of them are on private jets. And- I didn't notice you weren't here. <laughs> and also, <laughs> why are you bragging about how you're not on social media? You're not better than me. Yeah. Like, also, you took who a are break. you telling that to? Or when someone's like, hey, I know everyone wants me to post more. I know everyone's really wanted to know where I got this top. Target. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's... what. Do you think that that's real when people are like... I think that some Everyone's people, yes. asking me what foundation I use, so I'm fine, I'll make a video. I think that is true for some people i think there are some people who definitely have the followers that truly do want to know things i do believe that but i think that there are people who mystify their life and they're like i'm like i know that that many people are not asking you because i can literally see the number of people follow. i know they're not asking but also don't be shameless and pretend just be shameless be authentic so guys i'm going to do a video about my makeup routine don't be like everyone you guys are like begging yeah or just say like hey i really like this and i want to share it yeah i love this shirt i got guess where it's from target don't act like we're don't say target i'll I'm involved muting you are we not allowed to do target i don't like that i just did it and i I could i should leave honestly (laughs) It's so fucking stupid. I like it. My mom does that. Yeah, it's such like a it's, it's such like a drunk a, white woman thing. Like, oh God, I'm to like, shut the get no, out of my face. When people want to brag, like I love that when people brag about how little they've spent on something. When you're like, I like that top, and like twelve dollars Target. It's <laughs> yeah. like okay, like that's what normal people spend on their clothes. Yeah, I don't want you to tell me the price of anything, good or bad. I don't care. That's like when people want to brag about how they get everything at Zara. Like I love Zara, but when you're like, I love that shirt, Zara forty dollars, and you're like forty dollars. Is like what clothes should cost. Yeah. Why, why are you bragging that you made a good choice? Why are you bragging that you finally made a financial response? Also, that was a compliment. Say thank you. Yeah, just say thank you. Don't tell me how much your shirt <laughs> costs. This is so tacky. Yeah, say, say anything else. You could never. Oh, this is another thing. I have to mute people if they try to trick their followers into commenting below. Look, we all know by now, everyone is savvy enough to know that if you comment, the more comments you get, the more likely you are to get an algorithm, the more likely you are to get into the main feed. So I feel like now... So you're muting people for good business practices? Well, it's just, I don't like it when it's so disingenuous. Like, when someone's like, like a celebrity's like eating ice cream and they're like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Comment below. And everyone's like... And it's like sponsored by Colgate. Yeah, totally. Like, like, you don't care. Yeah, hashtag ad, like Briars. Like, you don't care. Like... I don't know. Maybe it just seems a little bit transparent to me. And maybe, and I'm also, by the way, trying to not put my chin up so high. For those of you watching on YouTube, I basically look at the ceiling during this podcast, and it's all nostril. So I'm trying to keep my chin down. Everyone, I just want to tell you about how you salute <laughs> <laughs> um, But I, uh, that just bothers me because it feels just so fake. I mean, it definitely. I do it sometimes. I do it. I do it when I'm like, tell me what city to come to. Tell me what guests you want. But I actually read. I I mean, I'm not saying it's healthy, but I actually read the comments. I do it if I'm bored. I respond to comments. Yeah. I respond to people's comments, too. Yeah. A lot. You know, but I don't think the average like celebrity with 50 million followers is like checking their fans ice cream flavors. No, they're working. They're very busy. Very busy. I'm uh, tattooing I'm their muting. names on their back. <laughs> That's a thing. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> Never heard. I am muting anyone who posts in their caption that them and their friends need a reality show. 
It's <laughs> Who over. Are you following? Well, here's my. I'm more looking for people to How mute. I'm gonna, you? I'm gonna find people, follow them, and then mute them. How are you following people that are worse than the people I follow? Because I think you're you're talking about your actual friends. I'm on a hunt to find people to mute. I'm gonna go out on the popular page and be like, I'm muting you. You just wanna roast people that you've never even. <laughs> you've never seen followed. that. You've never seen a caption that's like, Oh my god, me and my friend, we need, we have to have a reality show. We should definitely have one. And then every comments, all the other group of friends be like, We must. We have to. Yeah, but you have one. It's your Instagram. Everyone has their own reality show now. That's a great point. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone thought about it. But my point is that You've you don't. One. You don't yeah. need one. Yeah. This wasn't fun at all. Yeah. Like, whatever you put, this is yeah. not good. But it's also kind of funny because it is pejorative. Like, having a reality show, normally that is a negative thing. Like, a bunch of people being shameless and tacky and trashy. So the idea that the best you think you can do is a reality show that people love to hate is such a weird... Like, in your narcissism, you are also kind of reali- like revealing how low your self-esteem is. Yeah. You're like, we are so good at drinking and eating salads. Like, we should get a shit too. Yeah. Like, we should, like, so get a sad. show that everyone, like, kind of hates and makes fun of. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about people being, like, confident. But I'm like, it's not good. This yeah. would not be a good show. Yeah. No, I know. No, I've heard of that. I think I've definitely. I, li- I mean, I'm in Hollywood. That's all anybody ever says. No, I think I've heard of it. I like that answer. Um, But uh, another thing I'm going to mute people is if they in their Instagram story document an entire concert oh while they're there what in what in what world that's an unfollow for me I'm unfollowing you am I going to watch you hold your I'm looking at a black hole first of all from your nosebleed seats and then I'm just looking at little dots of other people <laughs> that are filming the concert doing the same exact thing I need to mute the, everyone in there <laughs> like if I want to see Beyonce perform I'm not going to watch it from your Instagram story right. with your trash. I'll YouTube it. Yeah, I will go on YouTube where there was a cinematographer who actually knows how to put something into focus. Like, your cinematography stinks. That, that is pure. That is 100% like, look at this fun thing I'm doing. It's my fun thing I'm getting to do finally. And I need everyone to know that I do fun things. But, I, but That's I, what it is. I'm not jealous because you're just filming it the whole time to make me jealous. I know. I'd much rather you just take like a, like a cute picture by the entrance and that's all I need to that's know. it or like the ticket I like when people just yeah. post like the ticket if you had a meet and greet that's cool maybe but to to document the entire thing shittily is so I, I have Spotify I see <laughs> I see people on uh, sometimes that will do like usually it's like The Bachelor or like shows like that well they will document the entire show on their Instagram story and then I why would I watch okay that's are they doing commentary kind of I do like that really I mean, yeah, I like that occasionally. I think if you're if you're funny and you're doing funny commentary, that's like live tweeting something. Why would I choose to watch a show in your show of because your Instagram? If I like if I like you, you. if I did, yeah. um, <laughs> let's say I could <laughs> let's imagine make believe, guys, you liking me that I liked you, big fan, and you're like, guys, I'm gonna live tweet yeah. this show that we all like together. I'm like, oh my god, I'm live watching Live Instagram story. Live Instagram, here's whatever. The I can't with Whitney. Hear. It's like I'm doing it with you. It's like, but oh my I god. But I can't hear what's going on. I mean, David Spade does it and it's funny when he does the... Leslie Jones does it. Very, oh, with the Olympics. The Game of Thrones really when she used to Game of Thrones. Oh, Alright, you're right. God. I guess if, you know what, if you guys are back, we're bringing we're you, back. you're we're followed, back. you're followed. Uh, unmuted, unmuted. <laughs> I think if, I guess if you're fu- if you're good at it, I won't. But if you're trash... That's yeah. Just that's it. We're muting anybody that's trash. That's the that's the topic here. Um, I'm muting anyone that confuses weather and climate. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm done with it. I cannot hear any more rants about it. I what, what can you explain the difference? You've uh, for the people in this room that don't know. You've never seen someone be like, I don't understand global warming. It's raining right now. I'm like, that's weather. Oh, yeah. that's weather. That's okay. not the climate. Okay, got it, got it, got it. It's from the person it's, who argued from that the person Paris who has Hilton a picture. Is cool. <laughs> yeah, I know things. I'm well rounded. 
Um, <laughs> that's a key. Be well-rounded, 2020. I don't like pe- when people say cement. What? Cement versus cement. Uh, yeah, I don't like that either. Why? <laughs> I'm just saying. We're talking about conflating things. I just thought I'd throw it in there. I hate when they call it semen. That's my, that's my least favorite <laughs> that thing. Does what it's, I just realized yeah. that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, but I can't stand that. And I feel like everyone's constantly giving me a speech about that on some platform. And, really? And they always have a picture of like Who a race car. Who do you follow? This is wild. <laughs> I've never heard of any of these things. Um, I definitely am going to mute you if you... <laughs> just what? you. That was to me, guys. You. I'm just going to mute Benton. Um, that's another person. Um, people that go on and on about how bad their anxiety is on Instagram, like, uh, I don't know how bad your anxiety is if you post about it four times a day. Clearly, you're not that anxious about what people think about you. Yeah, again, write a book. You might need a little more anxiety and be like, oh, I probably shouldn't post <laughs> this. This is getting annoying. It's too much. And now we're just, you need more anxiety. That's my, that's my tag for all of 2020. No, you need more anxiety. <laughs> not less. Honestly, you're too, you're too healthy. I know. Everyone's like, I just really want to be fearless this year. I'm like, you're pretty fearless with the amount of posts that you Isn't have. Isn't it so embarrassing that every year people are like, I want to cut out Toxic people. I want to be fearless. First of all, I think we need to all agree on a definition of toxic. If someone doesn't agree with oh, I you, think it's personal. B- mm, people are <laughs> mixing this up. People. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just made a face. That I was speaking. Made Benton laugh. <laughs> no, I. That was me disagreeing. Oh, I know that. with what you were saying. I do not. A lot of people are like, I need to cut out these toxic people, and it's like pundits that just don't agree with them like if someone doesn't agree with you that doesn't make them toxic that just makes them someone with a different opinion yeah which um you know maybe that's toxic to you maybe you don't like it no that's not toxic you cannot <laughs> I, mean, I think toxic people is that are smart but happen to disagree with you toxic but you're toxic if you th- can't handle someone having a valid i opinion. agree with you agreeing thanks but here's my thing if you're so dumb that that you don't like that, then maybe they're toxic to you. I just I just rather you just I'd rather you ignorance is toxic. I'd rather you cut them right. out than constantly argue or be obsessed about it. But you're the toxic person if you keep needing to argue with someone who's smarter than you on. Yeah, but you can't Twitter. cut you out. You got to live with you. I can't. You I sure? can't cut me out the. I can't cut me out the white meat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> also, where do we land on? And Dave, you should chime in on this too because I'm curious. Uh, what about? Putting your tweets on Instagram. Does that annoy you? Benton, does that annoy you? I do it, so. But is it only ones that you're like, this one hit? It's ones that I laugh at myself, and I just want people to be like, I also have, an, I also have a Twitter. So this My Twitter a- has less followers on my Instagram, so I'm like, can you guys also come over here? That's my only I just goal. feel like Instagram <laughs> is a visual medium, and it's like I'm watching TV and someone's giving me like a book to read, and I'm like, that's not what I signed up for here. That's not yeah. what we're doing here. You know, especially when it's like all of a sudden like political or something. It's like, whoa. Oh, no, I don't tweet anything political. Yeah. No, I just mean like sometimes people will like repost one of their tweets under their Instagram. And it's sometimes jarring to me. Um, this is wild. I'm also muting people who take naked photos and call it art. Some of it is. Yeah, agree. But if you're um, if you're just in a jockstrap by a waterfall, <laughs> I'm muting you. What are they? Are they calling it art? Or are they doing like yes, hashtag art? Yes, I cannot art? stand when someone is like, this is my sexual artistic freedom i'm expressing i'm like no you're naked in a park you're naked in a park and it's not you're just showing your hole to squirrels and i don't like it Ah, or holes i said holes oh they said hole no no that'd be gross (laughs) a hole is gross holes that's nice um so that's a lot of muting to do i must have muted 80 people i would say i muted at least 80 people i feel lighter i feel better i like them more and i also want to say like i'm doing this for us (laughs) 
<laughs> just know, I want you to know that I am. I like you. you more when you're muted. Yeah, and I followed and muted about eighty people. So really, I, I went on. I went. I went looking. Something else I want to do: New Year, New Me, two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> I do want to do less cutting in the show, which is part of the reason I'm talking so slowly is because I'm trying to avoid cuts in the future. Um, and I do think a lot of people noticed that we made a big cut in the Ronan Farrow interview a couple weeks ago. Yes, we did. Correct. We had to. Wasn't Ronan's fault. He didn't ask for it. But I did go on a diatribe about Woody Allen that would have, like, gotten Ronan's Pulitzer Prize revoked (laughs) for even being in the same room with me. (laughs) Because Ronan is a brilliant, objective journalist. And he is so fair and he is so unbiased. And I went on a rant about Woody Allen. So we did cut some of that out. Some of it was left Yeah, and also, like, that's how it works, though. 2020, get over it. 2020, <laughs> radical acceptance. But no, I just, I really, I mean, I think I said a little bit of it, but I, I feel like I was putting Ronan in a tough spot because I, I truly think that Woody Allen is overrated. Like, I think it's wild that we're all just, like, pretending that he's just, like, mad genius. You don't relate to the women in those movies? Dude, why are all the women, <laughs> all, all the women in all of his movies are gorgeous and they're in, like, olive cargo shorts. Why They're in peasant tops. Like, I, I love American Eagle as much as the next person. But I don't understand why every woman has to be dressed like that. And also, they're all just, like, rich for no reason. They're all, like, in grad school, like, in threesomes. Like, what in what world? And they're all, oh, this drives me nuts. Oh, they sound like modern women. All, all of his female <laughs> characters are, like, so self-absorbed, so selfish, so capricious. <laughs> so capricious. <laughs> and they, I, don't, I just, I feel like they're made for a very small group of, like, Upper East Side therapists yeah or something it's a it's a a reflection of that was a lot of stuttering yeah it was a reflection of a very small poll of women yeah i just feel like we're all annie hall was very good but i i mean i think diane keaton is an effervescent delight and i think such and i think everyone's like trying to like bank that his next movie will be annie hall again the next movie will be annie hall again and it's just not happening they're fine to watch on planes but i don't think they're worth putting up with his nonsense i think he's a creep Totally agree. Why do you one have, hit wonder? Why do you have to marry your wife's foster kid? It's not. We were too young for. I don't really remember this. I don't yeah, know. That's, why do you, dude? Have to do that? We. I was too young to understand what was going on. I was just like, okay, Woody Allen is married to this. Okay, like, what's the big deal? And now, as an adult looking back, like, you're a famous director. You could marry anyone. Why do you have to marry your foster kid? Wild. I want. I want to know the Wild. psychology behind that. Huh? I'd like to know the psychology behind that. Like, why that's who you're... I mean, I guess they would just say love. Like, some sick power thing? And I think people give him a pass because he's short. I think short guys have had it too good yeah. for too long. They get angry quick. Yeah, but... Like, <laughs> Napoleon? <laughs> yeah, Napoleon. Charles Manson was 5'2". Yeah. I'm just saying. Where's the study on that? <laughs> they get heated. Like, and, and, then, and then that movie with Meryl Hemingway, like, uh, the uh, I think it was called Manhattan. She was 16, and he was, like, 40-something. And they kissed on screen, and he, like, went to her house and, like, asked the parents to, like... T- like, there was lots of creepy... There's just creepy shit. And I'm... Th- bye. We're I'm mu- good. Yeah, that's... We're muting creepy shit. And I also, I also feel like his movies, like, it's always just, like, hot women making out in Europe. Like, who's this movie for? Me. <laughs> I bet you liked his movies. I'm surprised. No. I mean, I don't really care about them at all to be honest with you (laughs) 
Never, <laughs> never thought about a day in my life until I came in this room. <laughs> really? Yeah, no shits. Also, wh- wh- if you're making movies in 2020 without explosions, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. At like, the end of this podcast, it's just going to blow I up. I know, but like in what world? Like, like this is a play. Why did you have to bring cameras into this? Um, I did a lot of other things over the break. I watched TV, which Whoa. I never get to do. Yeah, that's shocking. I watched all of Mindhunter. I also watched Mindhunter on the break. I know, I forced you to. Yeah, that's, I wasn't going to tell anybody, but I did. She did. <laughs> I got many a, a, many a message that said, did you watch Mindhunter yet? And I said, I'm working on it. She said, are you done yet? <laughs> I watched the entire two seasons. And look, it's because everyone's, I mean, everyone talks People about People love that. I know. Well, Delia, it's his favorite show. And I was like, fine, I'll fucking watch it. It's, look, it's brilliant. David oh, Fincher is amazing. a brilliant. It's an amazing show. He's, for those of you that don't know who David Fincher is, I mean, Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, which I still am fighting with him in my head about Gone Girl. Which I, I, Seven, I, though? I saw That's an interview answer. where he said that he wanted uh, couples to leave Gone Girl and fight in the car, which I loved. Like, he he likes to provoke in his in his work. So, I, I like, I see what he's doing in Mindhunter, but it's it's impeccably done. The first season, people say, is slow. I don't... I think everything is so specific and mindful and everything. Everything he does is on purpose. So I just like I forgive the fact that it's a little the pacing is a little bit slow. I didn't even notice that. I do feel like I found myself getting annoyed. And this isn't David Fincher's thing. This is what happened. I just feel like whenever there's something about a serial killer, it every serial killer. It just feels like it's always the mom's fault. True. Uh, every, not only not only the mom, but then it just trickles down to women. It's always the mom's fault. It's like, well, if she had just, like, been a better mom or been around more or loved him more, maybe he would stop hacking women up in the woods. Like, I don't think— If she would have told him he was a little hunk. I don't even—I don't think any amount of good parenting is going to stop a psychopath. If someone's going to do—I just, like— I know it's nature and nurture, and we know, what we say in um, Al-Anon is that uh, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger, right? So it's a little bit of both. Whoa. Whoa, what? That was bold. Why? I never heard that, mm-hmm. and now I know it, and the, I feel different. Yeah, that's the idea. This podcast good for you. You're going to leave it knowing more. I'm about to use that on people. Brag to your friends. Um, and I just, it just, okay, imagine being, if today I said, I'm going to be an Uber driver and a Postmate and a cleaning lady and a chef. I'd say what happened. That's well, you'd say that's too many <laughs> jobs. That was every mom in the fifties had that many jobs, and they were expected to like make eye contact with their kid all day. Like what? In what world? But it's also like every person in Mindhunter, every killer that they talk to is mm-hmm. like. But I felt embarrassed. Okay. But I was embarrassed. I okay. Was like, so you're welcome to my okay. life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're like this. This woman embarrassed me. I'm like, but aren't women embarrassed by everything all the time? We live in a constant state of embarrassment. I mean, all women the are literally like, can I have a tampon? <laughs> like, and you're like, do you need yeah. a tampon? Shut up. <laughs> like, it is true. We are constantly. That's why we have such big purses. We are hiding things in our purse that we're embarrassed about. It all. I'm always embarrassed. All of the time. We're made to feel embarrassed about our face, about our legs, if they have any hair on it, about our armpits, about our mustaches, those of us who have them. Yeah. <laughs> our, our chin hairs. We all have those, right? Uh, our uni brows. Like, we're embarrassed then, about everything all the time, and we're not out hacking people And then up. all these men in this show are just like, well, she said I had a unibrow and didn't want to sleep with me. Like, and that hurt my feels. And then I just started, <laughs> I started like, chopping people up in the woods. Yeah, and they're just like, isn't that crazy how his mom didn't love him and you're like no no you didn't listen to the whole story well, but it's also by the way there was a guy that was like wearing pantyhose and like masturbating with pantyhose and she was like stop doing that it's like okay like well you can't masturbate in the house right she didn't have the she didn't have what we have now which is tumblr to tell us what that meant 
Yeah, yeah, but it's also like you can't run around jerking off in the house with or without pantyhose. Like the also that pantyhose aren't even the problem here. Do it in your room. Like to me, there's a fine line between shaming and parenting. Right. Get him a lock. Yeah, you have to. You can't have cum all over your living room. It's crazy. And you, you probably do, but you can't. Like, he comes running out like, oh, she just told me I wasn't allowed to masturbate in my fishnet hose in the middle of the living room. Like, of course you're not. Don't be an animal. Also, I forgot why he was in the living room. There was I don't reason, know. Right? And then she <laughs> shamed me for doing something. Like, all right. Like, we all need a little shame so that we can f- function in And society. also, like, you've obviously come to terms with wanting to wear pantyhose and touch yourself. Yeah. She has had no time to process that. That was her <laughs> initial reaction to that. Like, you have to give her a little bit of time. You can't just be like, I'm going to kill something. It's a lot to process. Well, they're goldfish. Even if you're not phobic, it's a lot to take in. It's a a shock. (laughs) It is a shock. You'd be like, what the hell are you doing? You can't internalize everyone's reaction all the time. You just got to go like, let me give you, let me circle back. Let me give you a second to work through that. Right. You can't just go around snapping necks because somebody caught you with your hoo-ha out. (laughs) But also psychopathy is genetic I psychopathy mean, we all you guys know this right yeah psychopathy is genetic being a psychopath is a lack of empathy it's a wiring issue so a lot of that is just genetic it has nothing to do with how much you got breastfed or loved or if your mom mashed up your peas or whatever everyone expects moms to do for their kids and um so it is genetic so the moms also could have been psychopaths and they pulled it together yeah, good for them. Yeah. They had stuff to do. You think they didn't want to go kill people in the woods? <laughs> they probably wanted to kill people more than you because they, they had to deal with your weird pushed, little ass. Yeah, they pushed it down <laughs> like adults. They handled it. You think your mom didn't see you in pantyhose <laughs> and wanted to break some necks? <laughs> what the hell? What do you mean? She got it, it was fine. She swallowed it, had a glass of rosé, and moved on. My biggest... I mean, look, I like I understand the anger. This was because I guess it took place in the 70s, like late 70s. So these would have been happening in the 50s. I mean, the 50s was a nightmare. And the only reason the women got all the blame is because the guys weren't around. You know, they were at the discotheque or whatever. The disco. They were at the disco. (laughs) Like whatever they did. So if the guys, if the fathers were around, I'm sure they would have fucked him up just as much as the moms had to be home. Oh, yeah. No one was a good parent in the 50s. Everyone dropped the ball. The generation before that were in factories, working. Kids used to work in factories. Yeah, and I feel like... Getting was- shamed by your mom for jerking off in pantyhose is a step up from the generation before. We're all just doing the best we can. Also, don't you feel like you were embarrassed a lot as a child? Because I do. I feel Constantly. like I was embarrassed all the time. Constantly. Well, I think, I truly think that that is part of the reason why people become comedians. I'll speak for myself, is you're trying to control the way you get embarrassed. Oh, 100%. That's what I can is. say something about me and I'm like... I was in control of that. And if you said, I'm like, how dare you? Well, it's, I'm going to make fun of myself before you do. Yeah. That's which what is comedy is. My go-to. To I'm going to control myself. how I'm made fun of. And I'm going to do it myself. I mean, was I embarrassed as a kid? My last name is Cummings. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. People used to call me bitten gay. They would ah. just yell it in the hallway, which is not clever. So don't act like it is. It's a very stupid short I never short thought call. of that. Literally never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, my last name is Cummings. So I had a pretty hard. But also, like, I just had an embarrassing, like... Like, I used to get driven to school in a pickup truck with, like, dogs in the back and, like, the dogs would jump out. I now understand that that was cool, but it was so embarrassing at the time. You know, that like, embarrassed me. You telling the story. I don't think it's cool now. Right? Okay. I because I, I and I remember my aunts would always go. It builds character. It builds character. That's always what they would say. And I would make them drop me off like four blocks from the school, and then I would get out, and all the dogs would follow me, and then they'd have to like call the dogs. They'd be like, "Boom it, knock it," and would be yelling, and all the kids would just be like, "God, what a nightmare." It was I really feel like I embarrassed myself more than my parents embarrassed me. I would like show up in school like I would wear a Halloween costume like as an outfit like well into the eighth grade. 
That tracks. Not like not a full costume, but like because I was very goth. So like, yeah, I'd wear like a cape, just a just a full Dracula cape. But it was it was cool to me. <laughs> you just a Grim Reaper cloak, and I'd be like, I got this hot topic. Yeah, totally didn't. I um I had braces as a kid. I also had really bad acne as a kid. Um, Did you have a, leg braces? As a teenager, <laughs> no braces on my mouth. But I had the clear braces because I thought it would be less embarrassing than the metal one. But the clear ones aren't clear; they're whatever color food you just ate. Yeah, that's so disgusting. you just have yellow <laughs> teeth all the time, and they it, it takes so much longer for those to work. So I had them on for like four years, and like we couldn't afford to get them fixed. So they were always like the rubber bands were always like I had the ones with the rubber bands that like moved when you talked. The colored rubber oh, bands. Oh, I never had braces. Oh, you have very straight teeth. Thank you. You're welcome. I never had braces. I watched a lot of dramas over the break that had, look, American actresses just aren't working anymore. We're hiring English actresses, Australian actresses, Irish actresses. I'm not mad at it. They're all very talented. I'm not complaining. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, Skin. The skin. Because they're not in the freaking sun. Because the they have none. We the took Engli- it all. That's right. The, the English people are not in tanning beds, um, getting melanoma at 14 the way we are. And uh, But I did notice, though, like I'm always trying to figure out like what's the impact of like all this stuff that's happening in Hollywood with like harassment and all this stuff. And uh, a lot of the actresses not from America, their American accents are a little wonk wonk. Yes. And you, I didn't notice until you said it. Whitney has a very uh, acute sense of hearing. Mm-hmm. Like she hears things that... The average human does not. It's a mental illness. But he... uh, No, I was watching one that was... um, I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but it was... uh, The actress was like, would you like to go down to the lake? Should we go to the lake? And maybe we should go for a ride in the car? And that didn't turn you on? (laughs) No, no, no. It was just like, you sound like a broken robot. Like, all these girls sound like uh, German assassins or something. They're like, would you like to um, go uh, inside with me? Like someone evil trying to be nice. (laughs) Do you want to... I'm not going to get you. But it's these are all brilliant actresses that could easily get the accent right. I just, I'm convinced that everyone is so scared to give a female actress a note because they're afraid they're going to get sued or something. So they're like, no, that's fine. That's great. But it's always in the R that you can tell because that's the difference between the English accent and an American accent is the R, right? Yeah. Fart. Thought. <laughs> so Aww. these girls are hitting the R's like real hard. They're like, would you like to um, take me for a ride in your race car? And you're just like, what? What's happening? Someone just tell her. She sounds crazy. She's like, what a comfortable cabinet. Totally. They all sound like Siri. <laughs> They're just enunciating. They're really, it's hard enunciation. You can tell the non-American actresses because they actually speak prop- English, whereas we're all just kind yeah. of like sloppy and are barely talking. They all sound really well-spoken. Yeah. I was like, what is she doing? I know. I'm like, is this supposed to be from the 40s? Like, I'm not, I wasn't sure. Like, I watched a couple of them and I was like, when does this take place? Like, <laughs> you thought she was like, see, I need help, see? I need yeah. Please. You see, we're going down to the lake, you see? But I truly think that it's because everyone's afraid to give actresses notes at this point. They're just like, I'm going to get sued. I don't know what to But, like, they can do it. These are brilliant actresses. Just tell them. They want to get it right. They don't want to sound crazy. How would you give the note? You would just say, like, hey, so... Um, uh, just give the note so the directors can just play this back to them. Yes. Um, I'm sure David Fincher's listening. Woman to woman. <laughs> yeah, you would just say, like, hey, you can soften up that R. It's a little hard. It feels a little formal. It's just a little formal. Or just let oh. them listen back to it. Got it, got it. So no, no hard. Like you sound terrible, bitch. No, oh my god, you would never talk to someone like that. I mean, that's how I thought Hollywood worked. Yeah, you (laughs) well, usually there's an accent coach on set or something like that, but it's just like someone that's just like, oh, the R is a little hard. You can be a little softer or more conversational, more prosaic with it. 
and they'll go, great, and they can do it. These are all actresses that can do it. It's just no one's telling them. Be more prilosec. When it comes, what's prilosec? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Stop making our audience stupider. I'm trying to make them smarter. And I just want to balance Make a podcast that's good for <laughs> Radical you. Radical acceptance, that's me. Prosaic <laughs> means conversational, and he just turned into prilosec, who does not sponsor this podcast, so we're not- They should, though, because I need it. I don't even know what Bro. it is. That's a reflux. I have GERS. Oh, my gosh. You and your uh, fake. Um, I also, next? this is another thing, and we have to get to busy soon. Um, I was watching a couple of shows that I feel like were clowning on Los Angeles in a way that made me really annoyed. <laughs> like, I watched a couple of shows that portrayed people in Los Angeles as, like, these, like, girls named Amber who, like, just have flowy dresses and are barefoot and they don't wear bras and none of them eat gluten and, like, they're always meditating. That is not how L.A. people are. That's They're not like that. That's At true. all. It is such a played-out stereotype. And I'm the first person to clown on L.A., trust me, but this is not at all. Everyone in L.A. is, like... Hardcore, like up at 5 a.m., like doing CrossFit, like have three businesses. Like everyone's trying to be your Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's a very small group of LA. That, but you can find those people anywhere. Yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, where did they get it from? But it's also, by the way, the, the idea that people in LA are dumb is just so, like the Jet Propulsion Laboratory from NASA is here. Like the Mars rover is in Pasadena, 20 miles away. Yeah, I don't think people are dumb at all. I mean, I've yeah. been here. Half a year now, and I don't uh-huh. feel like anyone's dumb or a stereotype. In L.A., more just regular, average show people have, like, implants or injections than anywhere else I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's probably Like, I mean, just people, you're like, that's just right. a Panda Express. Why are you look like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very, like, I'm like, I mean, good yeah. for you. Like, it's, it's great that's available here yeah. for your joy. But I, I mean, when you go around L.A., I mean, there truly are, like, Botox places, like, they're like yes. Starbucks. There's so many. Like, they're not even like dermatologists. <laughs> they're just like in and out, like a drive through. I saw a sign the other day that said, uh, uh, teeth whitening forever, one time payment. And I was like, that seems wrong. No, don't do that. <laughs> you want to do a couple payments and <laughs> you don't want a one time thing. Doesn't seem good. I'm good. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's interesting. We were talking about this the other day because I actually don't have Botox in my forehead. But I walked into a um, shelf. Remember that? Yeah, and it got rid of one of your wrinkles. <laughs> so I have like an accidental wrinkle removal. Do you see this, Dave? Because the scar. It under looks it. like crazy. No, he said that the tissue it broke the muscle or something. So it looks like I got like weird bad botox on my forehead. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. At least I would have done the whole thing. I have no judgments about that, but I do think that yes, you're right. That that is a. Fair, I like LA people. That is a fair They're assumption. Very nice. I think in LA people are just like generally shinier. Yeah, in L.A., I mean— Because I think a lot of women do—I think what actually makes it look shiny is is the laser, and it takes off the hair on your face, and that's why you look, like, lizardy. Yeah, it's always new skin all the time. But, but I mean, my experience in L.A. is people are very nice. Uh Um, That whole—everybody's fake. I haven't experienced that. I think that if— that's your fault if you're around with all those fake people. That's right. And by the way, no one wears skirts. Everyone's in sweatpants. (laughs) Everyone's in, like, overpriced Lululemon. Oh, that's so true. Sweatpants yeah. city. I'm in sweatpants right now. Yeah, everyone's in sweatpants <laughs> and, like, maybe, like, mini skirts and Uggs. Like, that tracks. But no one's in long, flowy skirts. There's no... No one's, like... Everyone's, like, embarrassed to be too gendered here. <laughs> like, no one wants to wear skirts anymore. And that also, like... They want to, like, keep the door open for being binary. <laughs> I think that people have... That's a big misconception. A lot of L.A. is misconceived. Yes. Concur. You mean the people that are actually born here? <laughs> yeah. <Shouldn't be. laughs> How dare they? LA's great. It's beautiful. Everywhere you look is beautiful. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It's like this is not, I'm not trying to talk about LA. I just, I found that like I watched a couple shows where that was a go-to. And I think the thing that, that was the most nettlesome about it was that um, they were clowning on people that try to be healthy. 
You know, like, oh, yeah, like, you and your gluten-free agave nectar. It's like people are trying to not get cancer. Like, not everybody who eats healthy is a narcissistic tool. Like, a lot of people, first of all, gluten-free, like, celiac, that's a real thing. Like, I used to make make fun of uh, gluten-free people a lot, and I also have stopped eating so much gluten. I feel so much better also. But I think clowning on people that are trying to take care of themselves is just lame. Like, oh, look at you trying to not get cancer. That's true. But on the flip side, people are also like, oh, you know, always clowning on, like, butter and deep-fried things. If everybody does that, that's an idiot. That's true. Yeah, I guess everybody just it's makes very fun. unhealthy, but you're not dumb. Yeah, I think that I think that people clown on people who are just like trying. Like I ate trash my entire life. I'm just trying to like reverse the damage. Isn't it funny? Both those people are considered dumb. If you're super healthy, yes, you're an idiot. Yes. And if you eat bad, you're also. I think an idiot. what we're realizing is that everyone gets who's made smart. Fun of. <laughs> I need to know who, who has it right. Who do we like? <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think though it's also just like it's people assume that if people take care of themselves or eat healthy or whatever, it's like elitist. It's like no, like. People in my family take care of themselves and have to eat like that because, like, they don't have health insurance. And it's way more expensive to eat shitty than it is to eat healthy. Food in, is medicine. In the long run. Oh, you are L.A. Food is medicine. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. I, I feel like that's on a that. wall somewhere in L.A. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Food but I think medicine. there are super smart, great people in L.A. They're just not out. <laughs> They're of the closet? In their home. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so our guest today is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, we did this interview actually a couple weeks ago, and it's coming out now for a litany of reasons. Um, her name is Busy Phillips. You know her. Um, Busy, I don't, I don't know. There's nothing to say. I, I mean, I just need to let you guys hear the interview because know. you know her, and I don't want to sound like super unctuous because she is a good friend of mine, and I love her very much. And it's been so exciting to see her get this new level of success just with her being yeah, herself. I would say she's my spirit animal, but you can't say that anymore. No, you can't say that anymore. Yeah, that can't. word is canceled from what I gather. But I love her. Um, according to Rihanna. We do whatever she says. She said that? Yeah. No, Rihanna, someone called Rihanna out for using the word spirit animal. And she goes, got it. Like, understood. Like, she didn't get defensive about Did it. Did she say got it? Or what she mean? Like, bitch, I got it. I don't, I don't know. I'll do whatever I want. I don't. Fucking Rihanna. Don't know what the subtext was. Um, but Busy, um, actually, she was in the news this week because she posted about how the E! show ended. And I just want people to know that had we been doing the interview today, I would have asked her about it. Yes. Because that letter... Nope. She posted the like screen grab of the text exchange with the head of the network. Look, I've been canceled by E. I've been through this. I, I know exactly um, what that feels like. But um, but busy like she's just exactly who she is. I love talking to her because I think a lot of times, especially when you're on a podcast, people feel this pressure to agree and to get along. And busy, if you say something, she'll just be like. Mm. Yeah, but I'm not like that. Like, she knows exactly <laughs> yeah, who she is. She's not performing for you. No, she knows exactly who she is. She doesn't agree just for the sake of agreeing. She doesn't say she likes something she doesn't like. Like, she's just like, it's actually just really refreshing and a great reminder to just be like radically yourself at all times and shit will work out. Is that a fair busy. thing to say? Yes, she's radically busy. She's radically busy. She's, she's, this is what I like to call busy. And I don't say this about a lot of people. She's a true original. She tr- yeah, Isn't nobody great, like her. She's a true original. She's just she's just a little perfection wrapped up in some and in Stevie Nicks. And, you know, because so many people, like, you, have you noticed, like, you'll have a friend who, like, you know them and then you see them around a different group of people and they're a totally different person. You're like, who's that person? Yes, you know, people that just shape shift to try to get approval of everybody or they're a different person on social media than they are in person, than they are at work. Than Busy is who she is and it's working out pretty well. It, yeah, it's working out real well. Busy Phillips. She's she here. Is. 
Better help. Better help. You better help. <laughs> better help me. You better help me. <laughs> better help was. You better help me with this ad. <laughs> better help. <laughs> we'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start you communicating can... in oh, under shit. 24 hours. <laughs> I have control issues. <laughs> it's not a crisis line. It's not self help. It's, it's what? professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of experts in better help counseling. Mm-hmm. Expertise. That's what I said. (laughs) And experts in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Services available to clients worldwide. It's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and fra to change counselors if needed. Fra means? Fresh. Free. (laughs) (laughs) BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Whitney. It's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. professional. That was my line. Special offers for good for you listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. Whitney, stop talking over me. Roman. All right. I wish I wish I wasn't uh, so familiar with why this product exists. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work, it does like it? It's a brag when you said that. <laughs> what? I wish I didn't need, need people didn't need <laughs> I know. That was me. weird. It's like you were bragging. I get this product. The folks at Roman, <laughs> it's a men's health company. They're changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sexuals. Roman Swipes are <laughs> clinically proven to la- Ways to last longer I'm getting than all bad. Flustered <laughs> They're effective, about it. easy to use, and fast acting. But they don't require require a prescription because that's embarrassing. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked package. Each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet. A man with a wallet. I already like this. For whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They won't transfer to your partner so you can last longer during the sexuals without worrying. They're super easy to use. You just take a swipe out of the packet. You swipe it on your deek and then you let it dry. (laughs) And you're good to go. That's it. I feel like you're visualizing this a little too hard, Betsy. That's kind of what it says. $10 off your first order uh, and a free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash Whitney. That's me. Uh, GetRoman.com slash Whitney for $10 off and free two-day shipping. You'll thank me later, ladies. You're welcome. Roman.com slash Whitney. Get it. Get it. Swipe it. Are we putting headphones on? I don't know, but can you, are we rolling? Mm-hmm. Look at my headphones. <laughs> Is that makeup? What is that? Why is it dirty? That's my makeup. That's the caulk I put on my face, encrusted. It looks like chowder on my headphones. This is fully disgusting. We need to like disinfect my headphones. I had to borrow. I had to borrow my daughter's water bottle today, so I, I really look like a visco girl. But um, (laughs) I lost my favorite hydro flask yesterday post therapy. I don't know where the... I don't understand. I got in my car. I'm getting codependent about your earrings in these. I'm going to... You don't have... But you don't have to use the headphones. I love a headphone because then too. I know... I just know everything. It makes then. me feel safe and it feels me very too. ASMR-y. I love ASMR. We have really good... Oh, look at We have a head. We have an ASMR head. Nice. Um, and we're going to do a little asmr thing. If I have creation smoothie on my teeth, I'm sorry. I'll do this while you take your earrings off. Mm-hmm. Calm you down. Do you listen to ASMR? No. But Birdie likes, likes, used to like some of that. Like watching the videos? Yeah. 
She liked ones that would gross me out, though, like um, like popping slime. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like that kind of ASMR, which is not my fave. I find that disgusting. Anything that feels like it's a banana in someone's mouth, mm-hmm. that stuff makes me really physically Grosses sick. Grosses me out. I do like the tearing, though, for some reason. Do you tear stuff? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. No, no, no. Not for me. <laughs> That's not doing anything good for me. Is that like nails on the chalkboard? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I don't get like, I don't know. Sounds are not the thing that calm me down. What calms you down? Like, like being immersed in water. Oh, really? Have yeah. you done the flotation tank? Yes, I and? have. I really like it. Really? Yeah. The one in Pasadena? Oh, I, I, I've only been in New York. Oh, okay. To a place. The most stressful place on the planet. The idea that they have a flotation tank in the middle of the city is so funny to me. Yeah, but I feel like, oh, well, right. But you got, you go in. You take an hour, mm-hmm. float, come out. I don't do uh, total darkness, though, because I have claustrophobia. So that would be a nightmare. I had a panic attack in one in Utah. Was it dark? And I got up and tried to get out. And they were like, ma'am. And I was like, I need to get out of here. It's been, I've been here for half an hour. They're like, it's been two minutes. And I was like, sorry. But you do have to kind of like, um, do you meditate? You meditate. Don't I you? try. Yeah. But I don't do, I tried to do the uh, David Lynch thing. TM. Yes. The so mo- I just, some guy just texted me that from... Two friends from Steve Ag and my friend Katira. Uh-huh. He's like, they both have said, you need me. It's <laughs> like, okay. I mean, wow. closing. I've your, never done it. Closing your eyes for 20 minutes is a mir- will work miracles because the amount of stimulus that we mm-hmm. take in, you know, even just closing your eyes is a big deal because it stops our brain from having to process all the things that we're seeing. But I actually work with this attachment strategy guy and we do the meditations, uh, forgiveness meditations that actually really help me. And I don't do them at the same time every day. But if I'm like, you know, have five minutes here, five minutes there, I'll close my eyes. And the mantra is, I forgive you. You forgive me. I forgive myself. Oh. And you just say it over and over again. I forgive you. You forgive me. I forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. It's just because so, I can't think about nothing when people are like, just think about nothing. I like, know. I don't know what that means. My inner monologue is just a child screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I have actual children screaming. <laughs> I was going to say. So for me, that's <laughs> triggering. I feel like you and I pretty much only see each other on camera these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hang out as long as there's microphones and cameras around is the only time we get to see each other. That's true. But it's also like just a, I feel like at this point, I don't know, this is just the life, the lives we lead. Like we both work so much yeah. and we have a bunch of other things that are important to us. Yeah outside of the things that we do for money the amount of podcasts and stuff that i do when i'm hanging out with a friend of mine who's a comedian and we're just talking i'm like where are the what are we doing no one's we don't have any we're just gonna talk without cameras or like someone's gotta cover this what is this asmr listen <laughs> when you swallow it will be that's a good one. Oh, That's going to be a gift. We're making mm, gifts. Gift it up. This is actually a big deal that you're around because I think you might be one of the only people that knows how weird I am. I know everything. I feel like. <laughs> Busy knows more about me than pretty much anyone. It was funny. I You texted me. Oh, my God. When did I fly back from New York? Not last night, the night before. Mm-hmm. And you texted me right after I had finished talking about you with the flight attendant. <laughs> I didn't use your name, but... <laughs> There was some wild shit going on on my flights, my flight to New York and my flight back. And so then the flight attendant came over, was talking to me about like the, I said to him, oh, that was me. Sorry. 
I panicked. I said to him, what's the wildest thing that's ever happened on a flight that you've been on? And he said, oh, well, I used to do the Europe flights. And that's when people get really crazy because of the Ambien and the Xanax. And he's like, so we've had people that have gotten completely naked. We've had Hmm? like, you know, all kinds of people being very inappropriate, trying to get into other people's seats and beds and things. And I was like, oh, yeah, um, that happened to me once when I was flying with a friend. He's like, oh, did you take Ambien? I was like, no, no, no. It it happened to my friend. (laughs) And I was woken up to, like, come take care of her. I wonder if that was – that wasn't my first – okay, so Busy and I worked together in England. When we – this is how we fell in love. We went to England together and I have always struggled with insomnia ever since I was a kid. When I was a movie called Made of Honor, guys. Don't be jealous. I'm sure we're going to do a sequel at some point. I'm waiting for that script to come in. Yeah, obviously. I have to take an Ambien for like a 20-minute nap. I mean, for me, I have to. Do you still take Ambien? No, I don't. Oh, God, yeah. I worked with Roseanne. I'm done with Ambien. Just Ambien seems like, well, it just seems like it it has caused more problems. This is just totally anecdotal. (laughs) I don't have no basis for this at all. But it seems very problematic. It's problematic. I mean, I used to take Ambien when I was in college in Philadelphia, and I would wake up the next morning after taking one and there would be like a chicken carcass on my dining room table. Yeah. There would be, I remember I used to, uh, in the middle of the night, eat these uh, things called Lasore peas and I would eat peas in the middle of the night and I'd have cuts on my hands with no recollection of it. It was, Why do the peas wh- cut you? What? Because I'd have to open it. It was in a can. I'd have to open it from a can, and then I'd open it, and then I'd stick my hands in it, and I've got cuts all around my hands. Whitney. It was wild. But you were very committed to that ambient. I was Wouldn't not. give it up. But I also had such weird disordered eating stuff, so right, I wasn't right. eating enough during the day. So in the middle of the night, my body was, like, taking the chance to eat whatever it could. Mm-hmm. I remember one time waking up, and I was covered in what I thought was blood, and it was barbecue sauce. I had eaten a bottle of barbecue sauce in the middle of the night. Holy and shit. And I woke up, I woke up <laughs> covered in crusty barbecue sauce, oh. and I thought I'd been murdered. And I remember yeah. being like, if I was murdered, I probably wouldn't be awake. Like, it was just wild. I mean, ambient is wild. And when we did this trip, I got up and changed clothes in front of everyone. I, I guess so. And the flight attendant was trying to. I was asleep, not on Ambien. I just yeah. fell asleep. You're I was just tired. Bragging. Yeah, I was tired. Yeah. Um, and the flight attendant woke me up and she was like, "Ma'am, I need your help with your friend." <laughs> like, what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> and you were just like, you were. I don't even remember. In my head, your eyes were closed. I don't think they were. But you were just like getting things from overhead that weren't yours and like slamming the things and then opening bags and talking. And I was like, Whitney, 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 we got to like lay down, lay down. And I got you back and laid you down. And you were like, oh, I just I need I remembered a thing that I have to get. I was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be fine. And then the worst part of it is we got off the plane and they said, ma'am, we have your duty free. And I had ordered like 10 of those little tiny stuffed planes that are like $30 a piece. It was a while. And I had to beg them to go like, I'm sorry I ordered those and I was on Ambien. I can't afford that. Thanks so much. What, Benton? This sounds like you not on Ambien. Shut up! (laughs) This is how you act anyways. I need this. I need this. Buy 15 of them. How dare you? you. It's very on brand. I mean, I'm a little bit the same. I love... uh, I love you so much for so many reasons, but I do especially love you because you're still friends with me, even though you've seen me, you've seen me in some crazy moments. I'm like a penguin, though, a little bit. Like, I, like if I bond to you, 
Well, here's the, here's the thing, and we can we can talk about this. I don't really talk. I didn't talk about this in my book, and I haven't really ever talked about this anywhere. That's the book. It's. It's available in paperback. I like the feel of the paperback. Me too. It's, it's really soft. velvety. It's soft it's and velvety. It's really velvety mm-hmm. and like matte. Mm-hmm. That's, I, did, I, I asked for that. You look unbelievable. Um, it's really – I become friends with people and I like keep them forever. You are one of the most loyal people I know. Thank you. That's a really nice compliment. But one thing that I think really draws me to people – and the people that I really connect with and stick with forever is trauma. And, like, I just feel it since I was a person who had trauma, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, those are the people that I find in a room. That's right. You vibrate on a different frequency. Yep. I just, like, find them and I'm like, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. We're going to be best friends. Yeah, you're, like, em- very empathic that mm-hmm. way. And we're going to, like, stay together yes. because this is the thing that we both understand. Yes, and, like, we can move through life together with that. And, and like, it, it is almost without fail. Almost without fail. But I think fail. that when you have similar kinds of trauma, similar parenting, sim- you see the same things, you think the same things are funny, mm-hmm. you know, you have a shorthand, you're able to tether quicker, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, you have a ability to nurture relationships that I admire so much. And What? That's nice. It is. It is. But I also I'm always trying to find the balance of like, do you ever go, you know what, this relationship isn't healthy. I have to call it. Yes. That's one of the hardest things to do in life. I think. Yes. Yeah. Is knowing when to be loyal and stick with it and knowing when it's no longer serving. you. Yeah. I think that is really tricky. And it truthfully has only kind of happened a few times. Mm-hmm. But because there's also the other side, which is that we all have, I don't know, you can use whatever word you want to use, but we all have seasons, right? And like we all have, we all have moments where yeah. we're going to be, for lack of a better word, an asshole yeah. to the people who are closest to us. Yes. And like, so a little bit for me, the trick is being able to like distance in those moments with people if, if that's happening. Mm-hmm. With the knowledge that, like, I want to leave it open. I don't want to blow shit up. Yeah. Because there's no need to. Yeah. And I'd like to make sure that when I become an asshole, you'll stick with me. Yeah. And also that there could be – there can be, like, a thing that comes around. Yeah. You know? And you can – and then you're in a different place together and – and and then hopefully, yeah, the retur- the same is true. And knowing just when to distance yourself. Like I know friends, and I've done this before, uh, so many of my girlfriends that I thank all – I reach out to two or three girlfriends once a week where I'm just like, thanks for sticking with me uh, during that couple of years that you had to watch me be in a shitty relationship. Mm-hmm. And you were just – you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of times when a, girl, a girlfriend starts dating someone who's just, you know, recreating their childhood circumstance, mm-hmm. it's really hard to watch. You got to just back off till it's over, let it breathe, and then come back when it's done. That's right. And like – you know, I think a lot of people sometimes take on – you just take on too much of the other person's yep. stuff. Yeah, that's and right. And, like, I feel like I've tried and gotten better at, but it's been – it's a process to, yeah. like, figure out how not to do that and to be able to – but continue to be there and be loyal and yeah. show up in the ways that I can and know is okay for me Yeah. To do that. And then also going, yeah, the way that we're going to stay close friends is that I'm going to back off a little bit and then catch you when you get out Mm -hmm. of that thing Mm -hmm. or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel like you're one of the few people that knows how weird I am. (laughs) 
I, no one believes that I'm a weirdo. Like, I, cause I also think. What do they think you are? I think people think anyone <laughs> that's funny or like talks publicly is super confident and good at socializing. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not that good no. at socializing. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. I'm not good at socializing. And I'm a little bit socially awkward, but there's this thing now where calling yourself socially awkward is very trendy. And- well, it's the whole thing. It's the whole – this is like the 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 downside of social meds, you know? Like, like it's like all these things become like a trend. You yeah. Know? Like my authenticity is like, you know, whatever. Vulnerable. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Like- but everyone like – everyone's dying to have Asperger's right now. Like, everyone's dying to be socially awkward. Everyone's like, I'm just so socially awkward. It's like a weird humble brag or something now. It's like how everyone wants to have been a nerd in high school, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely am not great at socializing. It's taken me a long time to come to terms with that. Um, but you know that. I do know you that. You believe me when I say it. I do know that because I also I also have, like, invited you to lots of dinner parties and, like, I, I've seen your interactions. And, not great. <laughs> well, no, you're just, you're uncomfortable. It's not yeah. easy for you. Yeah, no. It's just not easy for you. And like, I, you could, it's like, a, you can feel it, I, you know? I get, um, I get, you know, and I've worked really hard in 12-step programs on my codependent stuff of not feeling like I need to perform for people or shape shift to be what they want mm-hmm. um, or always make sure it's at 72 degrees. Or I think that when you first met me, I was in the throes of my codependence and was very much like when I met someone, I was like, OK, who do I need to become to be your best friend mm-hmm. so that we can entrench with each other? And, you know, because I think for me, I had such a hard time with acquaintances, like mm-hmm. everyone had to be my best friend mm-hmm. or else I felt like it was a rejection. This is something I struggled with with your husband a little bit too mark like i didn't know how to just be an acquaintance with someone and he's like not he's not a an attacher he's very self-contained he's very self-contained he's like we'll talk for 20 minutes and i'll see you next month right and we'll talk for 20 minutes again and then we'll talk for 20 minutes and i'm like well so are we gonna hike or Mm -hmm. are we gonna like no you're not. See you next month. Next time I run next into you. Next time I see you. We're not texting. We'll have a really nice time. And uh, I know I'll remember that you have that thing. And, I, and he doesn't feel rejected. Or mm-hmm. I, I, for me, I'm just like, okay, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Well, are we going to get Manny's? Mm-hmm. Are we, what are we doing? <laughs> like, it's so hard. It's hard. It took me a long time to figure out, like, who's a good friend? Who's an acquaintance? Who, you know, like, just kind of, like, figure out where people belong. It's also weird in this industry too and I don't know I know you'll remember this moment when we were like cuddling in the back of a van on our hour drive back into London toward the end of the Maid of Honor shoot and I said to you because Whitney and I became we were on set best friends we were like each other's entire world and Hummus. But I, but this was your first real job that's right and it was like my eighth real professional acting job like a substantial thing. And so I was cuddling with you and I was like, it's going to be so weird (laughs) in two weeks when we don't even know each other anymore. And you're like, what are you talking about? You literally were like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, Whitney, like this is an onset romance. That's like, we're just having, we're just in love with each other because we're here. We'll be friends, (laughs) but like, it's never going to be like this again. And And it hasn't been. Chills down my spine. (laughs) You were like, I really like the color drained, and you're like, "What are you talking about?" Shocked. I was like, "We don't go back to LA and spend every day together." No, it's you and me now. No, no, no. I was very much. This is it now. Yeah, it's not how it works. I mean, we we I again, I'm a penguin, mate for life. I'm like, we're gonna be friends, and we'll be close friends, and you can always call me. But this thing is like, this is it, man. Stunned. You were stunned. Shocking. (laughs) 
bone chilling news. But that's what happens. You create these really, really intense, intimate relationships with yeah. people on, on sets, especially if you're on location. And then when the job ends, for a lot of people, it's really difficult to yeah. come to terms with the fact that like – that thing as it existed is never going to happen again. Especially someone that I think I largely got into performing to try and make relationships with people. You know, to me, I think a lot of like doing television shows were for me a way of trying to build like the family I never had. Mm. So I always kind of tethered too strongly to people in work situations mm-hmm. um, and was getting internal needs met externally through mm-hmm. work, which is just never healthy. Yeah. Um, so it took me a long time. But there's so many people that's also this business, like it calls to them like a fucking siren song. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't have a family. Oh, yeah. you're broken. Oh, you want people to see you? Come over here. Yeah. Join the circus. Yeah, totally. Do I have a bunch of fucking freaks for you that are going to be real excited to partner up and like take you down a path yeah. and you just have to be able to like yeah. see see it all you know and I don't know exactly how I well Linda Cardellini I think had a big deal had a big uh, part of why I was able to have that kind of perspective because she really like laid it out for me when we did Freaks and Geeks of just like how this all works and yeah. like, how to move through it and navigate it and stay yourself yeah i mean it takes a long time when you sort of are working with someone every day and you're like we have this amazing connection and like oh my god this person like brings me food when i'm hungry and, and you're like no they're on payroll the also. Other, yeah <laughs> also like i'm never shocked i've never had one which is a bummer but i'm never shocked when like co-stars fuck or like they end up falling in love or any of that stuff like it's always like oh yeah obviously well i know okay that to me this drives me nuts because it's like okay people that are statistically some of the most attractive people on the planet most charming they got this job because they're charming they beguile people they can make people fall in love with them through a camera lens and then you're in hair and makeup in beautiful wardrobe in a new zealand for three months yeah you're gonna fuck yeah i know what a nightmare but i always i think because i of my trauma and like my fear my fear and my relationship stuff i just immediately always would bond with the girls yeah so like i just would all, all like every set like yes. I was like you're not for me also actors are the worst but <laughs> I mean you if don't we're say. being honest and then have to justify it by like building a whole other world yeah. around it that they're like method and that it's this whole like dark thing that they have to wade through it's like dude you, you just like play who, pretend it's wh- fine. who win awards for pretending yeah. might not be trustworthy um yes but I yes but I feel like I sort of sidestepped like would always sidestep that a little bit by like bonding with a a a, a lady on yeah. set and like creating that relationship that bond. People tried to set us up as friends before we met. Mm-hmm. I heard about you before I met you. I heard a lot of people um, would be like, "You got to be friends with Busy. You got to meet Busy. You got to meet Busy." Everyone said it to me when I first moved to LA, and I like had heard about you because you were like the person to beat. At auditions, it was like if Busy's testing, just don't go. And so I'd heard about <laughs> Wild. you. I was very intimidated. I was very intimidated by you. And then I was like, you got to meet Busy. And then when I first met you, I was like, hey, everyone thinks we should meet. And you're like, yeah. So what? You're like loud. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> look at you. You have big features and you're loud. <laughs> like, of course, obviously, think we should be friends. Yeah. But I do think a lot of people think <laughs> that. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Oh, so what? You're loud? You have a big laugh? Yeah, obviously. I know, totally. I was like, yeah, really confident women. That always goes great. But I think that um, 
I think that socializing can be really hard for me because I think people assume that if someone is ostensibly funny mm-hmm. or ostensibly loud, I think a lot of people conflate someone who's a performer with someone who's confident. Mm-hmm. I became a performer because I was not confident. Right. So in social situations, I'm not. I I think I feel pressure to be funny. I feel pressure to deliver. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get naked and like jump in the nacho dip. Like that's not who I am. And sometimes I feel pressure. A lot of people end up wanting to be friends Unless with you're me. on Ambien. Unless I'm on Ambien, in which case I'm a fucking blast. That's uh, all bets are off for but, the nacho dip. But I think a lot of people think that I'm going to be like, like, I don't know, like to have crazy stories and stuff. And it mm-hmm, feels like pressure mm-hmm. to me. And then I leave being kind of exhausted because I feel like I have to perform. Mm-hmm. And then I've worked so hard to not have relationships that are based on being off authentic you know because you can make a lot of friends if you pretend and are on and are performing and then you're like oh god now i've made this friend based on the person i'm pretending to be mm-hmm. every time i see them i have to act mm-hmm. and i'm exhausted yeah and i also used to get in a relationship based on who i could like rescue and caretake well yeah 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 so i started to have like a lot of like i didn't trust my instincts on well who we to had we had that too we did we had that in common yes i don't know if i did that with friends though really as much i definitely did i was like i would breastfeed you if i could but i think a lot of people rescued me also a little bit yeah i'm sure i was the opposite for a lot of people but just any kind of like drama finding yourself in relationships that are really dramatic mm-hmm. their cars they're always locked out of their car and their tires are always flat and oh, they always need no, a those ride people, those are like mass- i can't deal with those people. that was that was like a, those people are massive my entire 20s was that there's a lot of those people in your 20s and you it's really hard to play defense against that kind of energy because mm-hmm. i think if you're empathic or just a compassionate person you want to be able to like help and fix and show up but it's mm-hmm. not you're not taking care of yourself if you're taking care of the other person it took That's, me a long time yeah to tell the difference What's being a good friend and what's being a codependent? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have to I, I just I'm, I do everything like um, based on my intuition. And then um, most of the time it works out and occasionally it hasn't. But I am good at like at recognize. I have you know what I will say? Yes. I just had this conversation with my friend Jen Gotch. I I'm very I'm self-aware. I'm like you a very self-aware person. Wildly. And so self-awareness, like, mm-hmm. is the key for me in terms yeah. of, like, how I – what's happening and yeah. how I'm relating and how they're relating to me and, like, what actually is going on. Yeah. Because I'm able to kind of see it. Yeah. It took me that a long sense. time to yeah. get that. Were you always that way? I don't know. I can't – I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. It took me a long time. I think in my 20s I was very delusional about the way I was perceived. Uh, and what did you think? I thought that nobody liked – I just didn't think I was worth anyone's time. Right. I thought I had to be funny in order to, mm-hmm. like, earn someone's attention. You worked harder than anyone I've ever known in my life. Truly. Oh, that's And nice. I work fucking hard. Yeah, and you, you – like, you – the hustle you had when we met, I was in awe of. I was just like – I didn't even – understand it i was like why are you setting your alarm and waking up and writing these jokes for some fucking dude to say on a thing that like, you don't even get to say the jokes are you kidding the fuck is that job they paying you they're not even paying you oh, what are they, they were- why aren't they paying you wild whitney don't you work for free <laughs> but and then you you're had- like and you're like what i don't this is just what i do this is how it works you're gonna leave my house to go do like a 10 p.m. set and then leave again and then come back and then leave again for a 11:45. What is happening? I used to do that. I would. I tried so hard to balance doing stand up and having friends. I would. I would. I remember having dinner at your house, leaving to go do stand up at the comedy store at like nine, and then coming back at like ten. Yeah, and then leaving again, again for your midnight set. That's right, somewhere. and then coming back. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And I just, to me, I was like, well, that's not sustainable. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hence why I look 20 years older than I am. No, you don't. The collagen is not sustainable. Okay. Do you want to hear a depressing yes. <laughs> conversation I had with my 11-year-old yes. at the Century City Mall? Yes. We were at the Century City Mall and I left my Hydro Flask in the car and I need water. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to walk down. It was a Saturday. I'm already exhausted parenting, you know, like my kids. Saturday at noon. Can't fathom it. And uh, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the car to get it. Oh, I guess I have to go get out of the car. This is I'm just saying this out loud as we're sitting there in the food court. And Birdie goes, just buy a bottle of water, mom. My 11 year old. Just buy it. Just buy a plastic bottle of water, mom. And I was like, well, I know, but I'm really, you know, I'm really trying to like be aware, not eliminate my single use plastic because of the climate crisis and the environment. And she goes, doesn't matter. I was like, what? And she's like, I mean, they need to make, like, governments need to make change. Like, corporations need to make change. You're buying this water bottle isn't going to matter. We have like 50 years on the outside. I mean, you guys will probably be dead, but Cricket and I are definitely going to see the end of civilization. And I was like, she, I mean, we're, uh, yeah, we're Rome. I, start, I know we are Rome, and we then are I late started stage capitalism, crying hysterically, which is like, of course, what she kind of wanted. <laughs> and Mark was like, "Can't believe you fell for it. <laughs> I can't believe you f- walked right into that busy." And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> and then I just went and I was like, "Fine," and I went and bought a plastic bottle of water. I was like, "Are you happy?" And she's like, "No, I'm just whatever. It's fine, mom. Whatever." Yeah, you so can't. Dramatic. You can't beat yourself up. But the meat thing is, I think it's two hundred eighty thousand liters of water for each cow. That's how much it takes. It's just wild. So for me, it's like okay, the easiest thing is to like cut out meat. Like I know that even if I buy that blast plastic bottle of water, or whatever. Like if I just don't eat so much meat, like I'm doing something right. You ready to play a game? Okay, sure. You're gonna tell me your favorite animal. Uh huh. Your favorite article of clothing. And your favorite body of water. Let's start with your favorite animal. And I know you're going to maybe jump to like cat or your cats or something. Your favorite animal in terms of the one you admire the most. I love a personality test. Did I ever tell you about the one Jamie Foxx did to me? No. Okay. Well, I won't have to tell you at some point. Um, I have time now. It's the only time I've ever met Jamie Foxx. But it was a wild time. And uh, he did the boat one. Have you done the boat? No. Give it to me. Wow. So, uh, Whitney, Whitney, you're on a boat. What uh, kind of boat are you on? A canoe. You're on a canoe. Okay. And you're on a body. What, what kind of water? What's what, what, a where lake. are you? You're on a lake. Yeah. And what's the, what's the water doing? Is the water still, is it, is it, is it wavy? Are I'm you, rowing through it. So it's rippling. Through, it's rippling. Yep. It's rippling. Is there anyone in the canoe? Um, nope. No, it's just you alone. What do you see when you look? You're in the lake. What do you see? Myself. I'm taking a picture of myself. You're taking a picture of yourself while rowing the boat? Yeah. But what's in the background of the picture? Anything? You um, trees. Just trees. Yeah. Just trees. You can see the shore? Uh, yeah, there, but there's a bunch of dead bodies on the shore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That This all makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He was obviously flirting with you. No, he wasn't. It was like... That's like the game or some shit. No, it, wa- it wasn't exactly. Some it was mind like, game. It was wild. It was like he had this... Uh, this was a million years ago, and Olivia Munn and I had had some idea for a movie, and she was like, we should take it to Jamie. And I was like... Okay. Yeah. And she was like, Jamie wants us to come to his house and like pitch it to him. And so we, and I, she like was friends with him, good friends with him or knew him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we showed up to his house, but he wasn't there yet. And so we were waiting. Always. And then, uh, was we it were, a nice house? Yeah. It was like, it's close to here. <laughs> <laughs> totally, of course it is. 
I live near the most random celebrities, for those of you that are just listening and have no idea where I live, which I hope you don't. Don't look it up on Reddit. Um, I live near some very random celebrities, including Jamie Foxx and Scott Baio. Um, and, uh, and it was Bernie was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I was just like panicked about getting back to see her at some point. You know, like it was, yeah. I was so far away and I felt like rush hour was coming. And, yeah. And anyways, then he showed up. And also and- it's so fucking rude to make an appointment with someone and be late. It's crazy to me. And it happens with big celebrities all the time. But they're doing a lot. I don't care. That's what scheduling's for. I have never been late for a meeting in my life. Have I, Benton? Except when you were dyslexic and put appointments wrong down in my... As I'm calling you dyslexic and I just said something backwards. You have never been late. And technically you weren't late then. You just missed an entire flight. Yeah, because you put the time in wrong. This is before Benton told me he was dyslexic. You're dyslexic? Yeah, we'll go with that. This is my favorite betting company. It's called Buffet. It's also Benton's favorite TV show. <laughs> it is. I love it. The, and the betting. <laughs> I watch Buffy wrapped in Buffy on my Buffy pillows. It's a great time. This stuff is amazing. It's uh, earth-friendly, cruelty-free betting. We've spent sleepless nights worrying about the impact the betting industry has on the environment, so we decided to change it. Good for you, Buffy. Their products are made uh, using only sustainable and recycled materials, which makes them soft on the planet as they are on your bed. And tush! Our latest product is called Breeze. It's a comforter made entirely from uh, 100% eucalyptus fiber to regulate temperature and keep the body cool. See, I like this because normally it's goose goose feathers. It's goose feathers and I don't want to be wrapped up in goose feathers. Uh, (laughs) I'm only here for a silly goose time, not a nap. (laughs) This comforter, it regulates your temperature. It doesn't kill any geese. <laughs> it's uh, made of breeze. It's made of eucalyptus <laughs> fabric inside and out. Uh, cruelty-free. This is the reason alone to freaking buy these. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter the code Whitney. That's me. That's $20 off your Buffy comforter. Visit Buffy.co and enter code Whitney. Don't be a fool. Thank you, Donald Duck. Buffy. <laughs> Buffy Cole. Buffy. It's interesting. I find dyslexia really interesting. Yeah, you, it's numbers. Mine are words. I conflate words, and sometimes it's because I have a migraine coming on. Uh, and I also have a little bit of a speech impediment, but I think yours is numbers, well, it's, right? It's just I'm the part of your brain that processes language, mine goes t- too fast. And so I used to stutter because of it. So, like, if I have to look at words and numbers and, like, calendars and stuff, I have to, like, really focus or I just start writing just whatever. Got it. Yeah. I yeah. had – um. I occasionally, I don't, not in a few years, but I used to suffer from stress-induced aphasia, where like words would just disappear, yep. and I couldn't. And I was, it's you know, it's wild. Or I would say the wrong words. Yep. I would replace words. That's a big to, one, like nonsensical. Oh no, you know, like so it'd be like, oh, do you want to go? Let's go take the elephant. And you're like, yeah, the I had the, it's like the escalator, the escalator. Let's go find, take that. It's like next to each other in the uh-huh, hippocampus, uh-huh. and they conflate. I do that too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the etymology, etiology, like one of them, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I just get sort of lost. Yeah, there's also like just not knowing the right word. That, there's also <laughs> the fact that I'm illiterate. <laughs> there's also the fact that I'm completely full of shit, and I pretend to know what words mean, and I don't. Well, anyway, Jamie Foxx showed up, and the first, and he was like, "It's so nice to meet you. Busy, I have a quick walk with me. You, uh, you're on a boat." And he like did the whole thing to me, mm-hmm. and then like basically like broke down my personality based on that. And I was like, "This is strange," um, but okay, like all right. And then we like, th- I mean, it was nice. It wasn't like strange like in a bad way. It was just like Only- I've just never st- like it. Just was a wild moment in I like, time. I- Plus, 
Plus, I was probably still I was probably still suffering from postpartum anxiety and I wasn't medicated. So it was like there was a lot going on for me. You know what's so interesting? Because I feel like I know you so well, but I have no idea how this is going to go. I need to know your favorite animal and three reasons that why. Basically three adjectives to describe the animal. I mean, it's this is so hard. Like there's so many animals. I have no idea where you're going to pick either. It's kind of blowing my mind. The animal you admire admire like i picked honey badger because i think they're badasses they fight lions but they're really small and they're just cool as shit and they're scrappy you know a lot about animals i do see this is also i feel like i'm at a deficit i don't know that many animals but i, almost, I know like the big ones yeah the I, ones we all know like <laughs> the main ones <laughs> the main ones the main guys you, you know have, what i mean you have i know those guys the top five <laughs> we got the, the top en- five. you got the nvp animals <laughs> i got the top five of the animals and then like you well, know you have two kids so you've had to uh, you know some zoology I mean, ish. I mean, I guess. I think I was in the area of dolphin, elephant, mm-hmm, horse. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been my second. I know enough about anything. them. To, what you can pick anything. What would yours be, Benton? A starfish. Really? Mm-hmm. Have That's you ever? So do you, do you, did you ever watch SpongeBob? Unfortunately. Oh, unfortunately, SpongeBob's like my favorite show of all time. Oh, well, then I love it. Uh, Benton has notes on lots of things people love. Wait, but also I didn't love SpongeBob until I had Cricket, and it was Cricket's favorite show. And really has been instrumental in developing her very absurd sense of humor, which I tie directly to her love of SpongeBob. But anyway, just when you say starfish, it reminds me of Patrick Starfish. I mean, it'd be weird if you loved SpongeBob now. My mom used to babysit a bunch of kids and they watched all the time. So I think in my head, I'm just like, oh, this is other. You associate it with other kids besides you getting love from your mother. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's traumatizing. Wait, okay. I really admire elephants. That's a good one. I really do like them. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are great animals. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess, I also love a panda bear. <gasps> panda bears are pretty great. And I really like dogs. Like, just like dogs are so cute. Dogs are so cute. I like puppies. Yeah. But I like small things, like yeah. an- small in age things. Like, I like babies of all kinds. Yeah. Even like you, you any know. baby animals. Well, any baby fucking animal. Because we could baby do like, muppets are my favorite muppets. The baby muppet is a bu- muppet babies. It's a bu- muppet's not an animal though, right? It's just the puppet. I didn't have a childhood. I don't know about shit like this. No, it's no, not it's, an animal, it's just a puppet. Okay, but muppet babies were the best of the muppets. Um, but any baby thing, beanie babies. Oh, I love is that. What you're gonna? Pick? Well, you know, I collected beanie babies. I didn't. know. Oh, that. I had a huge beanie. Baby Where are they family. now? Well, I still I had kept a couple, and Birdie has some, and I mean Birdie, Birdie has them. But now my they've rebranded Whitney, and they're now called Beanie Boos, and they have giant eyes. It's a whole new shtick. It's not they're not filled with bean bags. They're not like little bean bags. They're little tiny stuffed animals that have giant eyes, and they look like like you know and. uh but stay, but same idea. Like they 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 come with the birthday and a name and where they were born, and they sell them in airports. And it's the thing that I bring my children when I'm traveling for work. <gasps> I've seen them. And, yeah, and and like we're on like a kiosk yes, in the crickets, Hudson News. Yes, and Cricket's obsessed with them. And uh, and I every time I buy one, I feel like an 
80s dad that's traveling for work every time. <laughs> just cheated on his wife and every, he's trying to get a gift to fix it. Every time. No, not the wife. No, just like, you know, like in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. like the 80s dad with like a trench coat on. And he like, he like hastily stops at like the gift store in the airport and like gets something yep. for the kid. But by the end of the movie, they're like playing ball and he's like giving up the yes. career and he's not traveling anymore. Like every fucking time. <laughs> I picture you dressed as Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone. Yeah, I'm wearing, that's exactly right. That's how I travel. And um, like a mahogany suit. I wish I was so fashionable. I used to I used to look at like peoplemag.com and I would see Jessica Alba like airport photos or or you know and I would just be like how? How does she look like that traveling? I look not like that. I invested recently in some flying suits. I'd like to talk to you about that. When I travel, I look like I just got out of rehab. Yeah. I look like a, pajama, a girl wearing pajamas in rehab. Yeah, that... But tra- I travel... That so tracks... <laughs> I travel With everything so that much. I know, yeah. I travel... So, no zippers, no buttons, Mm-mm. just... You know, like, you know when um, uh, the things you have to wear in insane asylums so you can't hang yourself? That's how I'm dressed in an airport. Cozy. Yeah. Cozy, always. Well, I bought, Cozy AF. I bought two flying suits, which are just like track suits, but they're fancy. Yeah. And um, I got these compression leggings and socks. Oh, that's now. good. That's have you good. done that? Yeah, I have to get up and walk back and forth. In the but whole also thing. compression yeah. is great. I should do that. I'm very into it. Yeah. I feel, I've noticed a difference. Oh, you're good at flying? Yeah, I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to not be, but I yeah. do the whole thing. Noise-canceling headphones, ostrich pillow, Bombs in li- in stick form, bomb, bomb, bomb. everywhere. Vaseline bomb. in the nose. I got. I mean, what you've seen me fly. I do not play around when I fly. I'm hardcore shit. I was sitting next to someone on an airplane, and they said, um, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you." Whatever. You know, we were my my um my friend and I were on a flight a couple years ago, and we saw an actress flying. And I mean, her whole routine before mm-hmm. the plane. And I was like, "Was it Whitney?" No, no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> But uh, but up until that part, it was. I am but such she a did. Routine. But she did like she was like you you actually because I had because I also have I want fun I have a whole thing I have like a moisturizer oh a yeah face mask whole and thing, a thing. Yeah. hydrate I also become um, the cam counselor of the flight any flight I'm on I start calling bullshit on people if they're eating something weird if they're listening to headphones mm-hmm. too loud if they start talking on the phone I get up and I'm the one that confronts people uh, I was flying to Texas like six or seven months ago and a woman had a bag of hard boiled eggs absolutely. And I went, nope, not today. Or if like someone's headphones, you can hear the music through the headphones. I'm like, you need to turn it. I get very involved in making sure it's. That's interesting. I would be terrified. Oh, and I wouldn't. And I couldn't do that. I think I would say I would go up to the galley. Yeah. And talk to the flight crew Mm -hmm. and be like, "Um, 5C has a bag of hard boiled eggs. (laughs) You'd better get on that. I just do it myself. I get so angry. The fact that you don't think everyone here paid money to share the space with you and you're going to eat a bunch of farts is wild to me. Okay. Am I going – am I an elephant? Am I a panda? But also I like how you're – I like what you're doing with this baby panda thing and this baby elephant thing. Well, like baby elephants are the fucking cute. Beyond comprehension. Well, uh, elephants are the fourth most intelligent animal, maybe the third. That's me. I think you're a baby elephant. I think I'm a baby elephant. I think you're a baby elephant. We're going to ele- go with that. So oh my three God. words to describe a baby elephant. I mean. So cute. So cute. So smart. And so playful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the next one, this might be hard for just not because Well, my can't. favorite article of clothing is a dress. A specific one? Oh, does it have to be specific? If it could be. 
Oh. I think it'd be ideal if it was. Because at first I was like, mm. ah, I was like this gown that I love so much that I wore once. or And then I ended up doing hoodie. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's what I would have picked for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how dare you? You know me too well. Like a mini backpack and a hoodie. It was oh, like how I I like, can't believe Whitney. you remember that. So few people remember that I used to carry a little mini backpack. Mini backpack. Wherever I went. Your, okay, all so, of the time. So, all right. So, fuck it. So, my jean jacket. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three are, uh, things to describe it. Well, but, uh, but that's like it's a it's my like security blanket. Mm-hmm. So okay, okay, so safe. So it's like tough. So it's like well, it's like uh, it's not armor, but it's, it's kind of like protection. Uh huh. Protective. It's protective. It's practical. Mm-hmm. It's protective and practical, and I mean this is whatever, but it is loyal. I've had like. You know, I've had it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Interesting. Now, your favorite body of water. This is where I thought Jamie Foxx might be going when it just turned into nothing particularly interesting. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what the thing is. I think yeah. you can look that one up. Yeah, I want to know. It's the boat is something. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on the boat with the fact that you're alone is something. What you see is uh, something. But it's also... You're, I'm talking to a celebrity and I'm in your house. Like, I'm just trying to get through this quiz so I can pitch you this movie. Yeah, I was like, um, I think I said a speedboat. Oh. I wasn't driving. Someone oh, else was driving the boat. Interesting. My family was with me. Yeah. It wasn't like a fancy speedboat. It was just like a, like a boat you would take. We were on the ocean. I could see the shore. Uh-huh. And yeah, my my kids were with me and wearing like vests. Or yeah, like so that. there's something to be said Kid, for that. I picked child. I picked canoe alone in a lake. Oops, suicide watch. Well, I think you're like a very insular person. I'm a very um isol- I isolate myself. I am introverted. Which you and Mark are very similar. You I know. <laughs> I know. First and, of all, and you look like my ex boyfriend. Ouch. A lot of people, if you have read Busy's book, <laughs> Craig, who features heavily oh, in the second half totally. of the book. I'm getting sweaty. Like It's my so hot in here. Don't look at like my No, no one marks. will see that. No one will see that. It's going to be sad for me when I get up. I so when it. I know I I'm sitting in a, so I'm much. currently sitting in a swamp. I'm wearing a sweater jeans. that I wore, especially for you. I uh, remember I was sitting in a makeup chair. I didn't have any makeup on yet. And my hair was back in like a low bun or something. And Busy looked over at me. And, and I was like, like, oh, my God. You know what? You look exactly like my ex-boyfriend, Craig. <laughs> That's- and I was like, I've been trying to place it for so long as we've been working together. Like, who does Whitney look like? Who does she remind me of? And I was like, it was my, it's my ex-boyfriend, Craig. And you're like, um, ouch. Fuck. And then I saw a picture of him. And she was right. Yeah, you did. You guys, you favored each other. You put pictures side by side of us. I did. I did a split screen. You guys were just like, you were like, you know, you're like the female, like you were like a female version of it. Not anymore, though. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't seen. I don't know. We don't speak. But um, Mm -hmm. I found um, that when I wrote a book, a bunch of people reached out to me apologizing Mm -hmm. and wanting to fight about it. And I was like, that wasn't about you. Like, that actually wasn't even about you. Like, people just were so desperate to have been the person that harmed me. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they all were like, I'm sorry, I had no idea. And I, I like, got very specific emails. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I really named names. Yeah, I was, I was impressed <laughs> as shit. I was like, damn, this is brave. Listen, I, you know, but for the most, I mean, for the whole part, for mm-hmm. the whole part, yeah. 
honestly, I feel fine about it, and yeah. I and I still do. And you know, I love that um that quote. What's her name? You know, Brene the writer. Brown. No, I love Brene. She commented on my Instagram the other day, and that was like a Lost highlight. Your mind. Oh, that's a highlight big. of my fucking. That's big. That's pretty big. That's pretty big deal. What's her name? She wrote the the book on how to write things. Elizabeth she, Gilbert. No, how, like she wrote a book on how to write called Bird by Bird. Um, but she also has written some really incredible novels. And um, oh wow, and she's from Marin County, my favorite. Um, and she has a she has a pretty famous quote that I'm yeah. sure you've heard. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Love it. Love it so much. It's called accountability, folks. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, mm-hmm. they should have treated, they should have behaved better. It's they should have called consequences. Better. That's all. You seem like you really enjoyed writing your book. Like when I was reading it, it was very like writing about this is what got me through it, mm. you know, mm. and that was really impressive to me. I did not like writing a book. I don't say I don't think I liked it. Oh, really? Okay. No, it makes me feel better. No, I don't think I really liked it. Right now. Um, in the, but you like having written it. I like having written it. Like yeah. Everything. Like yeah. all writers. Me too. With everything that you write. Yeah. yeah. Um, I felt like, yeah, and I felt a great sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And I felt really good about the things that I wrote. And I felt uh, that it did the thing that I set out and what I wanted it to do and sort of like the thesis of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I was really successful in writing the book that I wanted to write. Um and that's all. Like, you can ask for it. I just think it's important that people know it's hard. It's really hard. It's really awful. It's really... Um, and if you... Especially if you actually write your fucking book. That's right. And a lot of people don't. Because a lot of people don't. A lot and of that was don't. a thing I didn't know. I, that's so, I can't believe you just said that. Because when I wrote my book, everyone was like, so did you write it? And I was like... What are you talking about? Was that an option? Yeah, no one tells you. You're allowed to not. And then I was like, so who's going to record your audiobook? I I think there are people that like immediately they're like, well, you're not writing your book. Like, you know what I mean? No. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean the people that represent you. No, publishers. I was doing that to the people. Like the publishers, like they're like, I want to make a book deal with X celebrity. Yeah. But they're not going to write the book. So let's like bring them this deal yeah. and tell them that we'll support them and give yes, them a yes, ghostwriter yes, yes. and like all of that stuff yeah. to make it like really good for them to do. Yeah. And then I think there are people like you because you're a writer mm-hmm. and because you're a comedian yeah. and me because I have a lot of thoughts. And you're but you're so specific. <laughs> and I'm very sp- I'm very sp- I could have gotten a ghostwriter for sure. I'm sure I could have. <gasps> Which is because like, a lot of times the ghostwriters just talk to them on the phone. That's right. And then they just like kind of transcribe they were, and then they, they record your conversations mm-hmm. and then they t- transcribe it or whatever. I think for me there was a lot of things and I feel like you maybe had this too. There was a lot of things that I had never told anybody yes. and for the first time I ever wrote it, expressed it, had it out of my brain mm-hmm. in any iteration, was in my book, and I wouldn't even be brave enough to tell a ghostwriter about it. Right. I would have been too embarrassed. But I remember when I first turned in the first transcript, it was basically equanimous to the fourth step in a 12-step program, which is when you do your inventory and you basically 
tell all your secrets to somebody. So you stop carrying shame around. And I remember that's how I was treating it. And then when I first turned it in, they're like, great, we're going to print. I had a pit in my stomach and I felt so sick. And I was like, oh, no, people can't read this. Right. Like, I don't even actually read this. Right. I like I didn't think it through or something. Mm -hmm. So I felt like a lot of fear around it and a lot of embarrassment. And even today when someone says they read it, I'm like, can't even make eye contact with them. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I get embarrassed. I I wrote stuff in there that I like can't even I still am in denial about. Oh, that's interesting. To me, that's what a book was for me. It was like stuff that I was too ashamed to talk about on stage or too ashamed to talk about. Like I didn't really do a lot of interviews about it because I like didn't want to – I talk about love addiction. I talk about eating disorders. I yeah, talk yeah, about, no, I know. You know, sexual yeah. assault. Like it was stuff that I was just like wouldn't even do press about it. Yeah. Because I was like I don't know how to make this funny. Well, it's, it's interesting. I was like very – I felt like the process of doing it – I had the same – fears obviously and I and even in the book like write about it a little bit which like my biggest fear was having things that were deeply personal to me and deeply important to me being reduced to like a clickbait headline and like five shocking revelations from Busy Phillips memoir and I'm like that happened that did happen which is part of the game and but I had like the entire time while I was writing it was very aware that that was an eventuality that oh, wow. like I was going to have to face because I'm aware of like again because I'm self-aware but because I'm aware of like how people see me and how people and the and the specific ways people are interested in me right and like all of those things like I had a whole thing that I was like very prepared for what I was not prepared for and naively so I think in retrospect was that the James Franco story was going to get be the one that became like the whirlwind you know three-day non-stop news cycle internet michigas that it was because I didn't I didn't think that that would be the thing because he and I had like publicly spoken about that story mm-hmm. on stage at like Sketchfest together. And then I talked about it on Watch What Happens Live like two years earlier, but in light of Me Too. And mm-hmm. then he had had some allegations, allegations yep. that I have like no part of or whatever. I guess that became the thing that people like really put their hooks into. And I was like, and then you find yourself having a conversation. With a publicist where I'm like, but like, really? Not the abortion? Yeah. Like, really? Like, they're not even like, like, uh, but like, no one's picking up the abortion? Okay. I mean, I guess, like, I guess like that'll make my mom and her like, you know, friends in Arizona, like, she'll be happy that she doesn't have to explain my abortion to her friends in Arizona, I guess. But like, Jesus, really? Of course. it's Not the rape? James Franco. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yes, like. Yes, it's wild. And then it's kind of like, was my rape rejected? Yeah. By the media? Yeah. I was, was like, my, oh, I guess my, it wasn't. Oh. My abortion's not good enough for you? Yeah. My abortion ended up being good enough. For yes, it did get it a all, second win. all came back around. Yeah. That's really what it was about. <laughs> yeah. I have a special publicist for my abortion. <laughs> I brought on a new team. But I think like once I started to, once that happened because it was right before the book came out i was so stressed out about that like it was really upsetting because the franco of it all that part like it because because eclipsed everything else it eclipsed everything else and it was like really my thesis in writing the whole book was that i wanted to present and give my account of what it has been like to be a woman Mm -hmm. coming of age in this particular time in the world and then 
in this industry in this particular time in the world mm-hmm. and like what my experience was and like moving forward and how we move forward and all of these things. And then all the fucking headlines were reduced to being about a dude. Yeah. Yeah. That I worked with and- 20 fucking years ago. And I was like, Ugh! I was like, shit, I should have just like. And the thing that's so frustrating is I had that was the only thing where I was like, fuck, I should have just left it out. Yeah. But, but, and this is a huge but, Mm -hmm. that was my first job. That was where I learned that if you're like a beautiful dude who is an actor, you can get away with anything. And if you are a girl, you show up and shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. and hit your mark and Mm -hmm. know your lines better and like... Starve yourself. And get thin and all of these things. Like that was where that was like so very clearly Mm -hmm. given to me, that gift. Even though Paul and Judd and Jake Kasdan, the people in charge of that particular show, were trying to do their best to like mitigate that messaging to me and Linda by telling us like please don't diet girls like please you guys are amazing like don't we love you the way you are blah 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 like the message didn't matter because the network you know the people in charge give the message yeah right i don't think people understand and i'm so glad you said it in the book about just how big of a shithole this business is so wild to me that it's so shocking to everyone that this business is bad like it's like And we haven't even scratched the surface. It's like, you know, I told this story in my special about this director who the first time I was ever Taft Hartley'd Mm -hmm. on a show to have like two lines on a show or whatever. The director invited me into his trailer for lunch. He was 65. I was 19. And I told the story about going in there and da, da, da. And everyone's asking me the director's name, the director's name, who's the director and, you know, kind of like trying to not make it a story. But all I can think about is now that I've been on a lot of sets since then, now that I've actually directed a movie, I understand that there's like 15 people whose only job is to watch what the director's doing all day. Correct. Where is he? He's walking to set. He's walking there. He's in the bathroom. He's in his room. He, 15 people watched me at 19 go into a trailer with a 65-year-old married guy. And of course, there was not much they could do back then, but there were so many accomplices to that. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about the Harvey stuff, it's like there are many agents and managers who set these meetings up. Like oh, the yeah. number of people. It's not a lone wolf no, operation. The guys. number of people that Enabling. support this happening mm-hmm. is so wild. But it just it shocks me when people think that Hollywood is gross. I'm like, yes, Benton. I have a question before you get off topic. And I don't mean to ask the question, but. Do you, both of you being in this industry, do you feel like that's changing what you just talked about? I don't know. When I moved to L.A., the the wor- the most traumatic eating stuff I got was from two stylists who told me I should do cocaine to lose weight. Yeah, the stylist, I talk about that in my yeah. book um, because the most body shame I would ever feel was um, in a wardrobe fitting yeah. with the stylist. Yeah. And that was when I really was given the message and not on Freaks and Geeks. Deb McGuire did not do that. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with her since on other shows and she never, she's not that, that's not who she is. Mm-hmm. And not just Deb, there are plenty of incredible mm-hmm. stylists and wardrobe people who mm-hmm. don't do that thing. Yeah. But my experience in the late 90s and early 2000s, yeah. there were... A lot who did. Mm-hmm. There were a lot who, but even post Maid of Honor, I did a very small job that I'd been offered on a very, on a show. And, uh, you know, they get sent your sizes ahead of time, like yeah. all your measurements. Mm-hmm. Every It's not just your sizes. They get sent your actual, like, my waist is this, my hips are this, mm-hmm. my. Which for women change every day, really. It does, but like. 
I'm within, you know, we're yeah. within re- the thing, the yeah. amount of st- stuff, whatever. And I went into this fitting and like she had pulled, I, I was at the time, and I was really skinny when we did Maid of Honor because remember, I, just, I remember, yeah, I just done, I just gotten married and I was, we were like eating hummus and I was also like, morning. and I was like stressed. Yes, I was like yes, stressed about yes. my wedding and I, we were had, drinking like coffee and eating hummus all day. And I was at like peak of my eating disorder mm-hmm. at that time. We would like go to Whole Foods and just eat like vegetables. It was wild. I remember that. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I was, but this is just to say, like, I was not, and this is like weird that I'm even justifying it as I'm telling the story. Like, cause I've, I've varied in weight my entire career, like my career since I started when I was 19 years old. Yeah. Weird. You know, like I've been bigger, I've been smaller and blah, 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 blah. And, but this was a particular time where I was very, tiny i would say mm-hmm. and um for for me for anyone i was like a size four probably and uh i showed up to the fitting and she had all zeros pulled that's it yeah. that was all she had mm-hmm. all she had to try to get me into were size zeros no. so then i'm just like like by by the way this dress is a size 10 because i just like wanted it and it was like a size 10 i was like why not i don't i don't give a fuck about sizes i don't weigh myself anymore smart Love that. Uh, don't at all. I haven't all. weighed myself since I was yes. required to by a facility when I was 15. Yeah, I got, ri- I got rid yeah. of it. It's, yeah. I was. I used to be really like. But weight is also focused. means nothing because the more muscle mass you have, the heavier you're going right. to be. So I'm you can, so strong. Yeah, I was going to say, you're so much, like you can lose fat and gain muscle and you're actually going to be gaining weight. Mm-hmm. And water weight, you're, diff- you're a different weight every hour of the I day. I can't. So, yeah. But yeah, and I just had that. I went back to the, I had done, I felt like I had been gotten to a place where I was good and not focused on that shit. Yeah. And then I went into that thing and I had like a whole spiral yeah. and was like, it, it, it was cr- like, it was crazy making. It's not okay. And she was, then the way she was like acting, she was like, oh, I guess, I don't know, we can, I guess we're going to have to do another poll. We'll have to do another. The sh- passive aggressive. Like, but you should have done the fucking poll in the first place That's because right. I'm not a size zero. Yes. And, and you had my fucking sizes. And you're under all this pressure because it's like you want to deliver, like you don't, you might lose a job and they just look so disappointed like well, i guess we're gonna have to go back to barney's mm-hmm. and because you failed yeah you failed me and then failed you just me feel- by not being something what i don't fucking know yeah and uh yeah and then i lost a job because i hadn't i hadn't lost my baby weight or i didn't get a job because i hadn't lost my baby weight and the and the network rejected me it's all complicated it's all all the body stuff culturally in this world is complicated and but i think that like the magazine industry is doing and and the ad agencies, I mean, I think that they're tr- – I think they are making an, a concerted effort. I think a lot of beauty brands, I think a lot of people – And are, they're doing it because they have to. It's like Karl Lagerfeld didn't stop using so what? fur. Yeah. No, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Right. It's actually an economic imperative. Your mm-hmm. business is going to fail if you don't do this, and that is the best way to – make change happen for sure so it's exciting to just go we're not doing this because we're trying to be progressive this is actually just what people want now you know right which i prefer i do too and performative wokeness and i'm glad that people have been vocal and i think the internet has a lot to do with it too like you know because you're able to have immediate feedback we're in an industry where there's like a finite amount of jobs available Mm -hmm. you know and like you want to eliminate the variables like and so weight was a variable for yeah. women for a long time. Your sure. body was a variable. Mm-hmm. And like if you could make it to what the like cultural ideal at the time was, you like eliminated that variable of why they couldn't give you the job. Yeah. And so now you only had to contend with 
your hair color, your eye color, what your face looked like, Mm -hmm. and then you had to contend with your talent. Yeah, that's right. So, it, you know, so, like, it was definitely a thing. I mean, I will say, I think, that because of the Kardashians and the popularity of them, um, like, the mass popularity of of those women, the sort of cultural ideals on bodies have shifted Mm -hmm. since the 90s when Mm -hmm. I started and when you were, you know, in the throes of all of your stuff because, you know, Kate Moss was the ideal when I, in you know, when I was in high school, like the waif and they wanted really skinny Mm -hmm. girls and all the girls like, you know, when I was starting out, like all like being curvy was not that was not a pro. Like people were not interested in my classic hourglass figure. (laughs) (laughs) Marilyn Monroe would not have been killing it in the 90s. Was not a thing that people were looking for. That's what actual straight men were looking for, but that is not what Hollywood was looking for. I think it's really important to remember, like I travel over the country and some people listening to the podcast must go like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? This whole, most women look like that. Right. Body positivity is not a problem in America. It is a problem in Hollywood, but that's super important because we mass produce the images that go around the world. So it is important, but most women, the average is a size 16. Most men love curvy women. They're married to them. Body positivity outside of LA and New York is alive and well. Wanting to fuck someone doesn't necessarily line up with their body. Yes. That's right. That's just like so dumb and basic. Yes. Yes. Like it doesn't. It's like yeah. you want to fuck someone because yeah. you like have a fucking thing with them. That's right. It's, it's just, not because you're like, oh, yeah. God, she does not have the measurements <laughs> that I'm looking for. No, that's like you're like, no, it's like a vibe and like a thing. And but, that's it. I feel like you're trying to get out of this body of water thing. OK, body of water. No, no, no. I love an ocean. Uh, you love an ocean? Yeah, Why? I'm an ocean. What bitch. about an ocean? Oh, I love the vastness. Vast. What else? I need a couple more. Just to describe ocean. Well, I like. Um, well, I like a specific kind. Like I like a like a body of water that's um, do we like big waves. Do we like little mm-hmm. lappy waves? Like Santa? No, Barbara I like waves? clear, clear. Okay, uh-huh. so okay, like kind of like oceans are rough as shit. Yeah, I mean, no, but I'm thinking about. You like South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina is not clear though. Okay, I'm conflating my bodies of water because okay. in one. In my clearness, that's like, I guess my favorite is like Caribbean. Oh, well, yeah. So that's like warm. Okay, wait. So that's my salty. favorite. It's like Caribbean, but okay. that's not an ocean. What is that? That's it's a body of water. It is. Okay. That's all I'm asking. Okay. So, so it's, so it's clear. Like you can see, it's like crystal, like beautiful, uh-huh. shallow. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like just not deep. Like Maldives. Have you been to Maldives? It's a Maldi- no. Maldivian. No, okay. I've been, I like Turks and Caicos. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so you like uh-huh. the blue. I like okay. really blue. Beautiful, like shallow. Like really clear and like you can walk out for a mile. Mm-hmm. I see. Like a shelf. You like a shelf. I like a shelf. I've always liked it, but I like a shelf in South Carolina too. Do you like waves? Do you like the roughness or do you like the placid nature of it? Well, I like a wave where I can like be floating and have it wave me. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> okay. I think we can ascertain quite a bit here. So this is a test that, uh, as you all know, Dr. Freud developed in order to figure out uh, who people are instead of who they pretend to be. You're so self-aware. There will not be a lot of surprises here. Your favorite animal uh, represents how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. How you see yourself. Baby elephant. Smart, cute, and playful. Mm -hmm. 
Is that track at all? Sure. And your favorite article of clothing is how other people perceive you. Okay. You are a denim jacket, protective, practical, and loyal. Yes. <laughs> and your favorite body of water is how you view sex. Beautiful, shallow, and I like it to carry me away. Okay. <laughs> that might be a little beautiful and random. Do you want to do some word association? I love it. Okay. Word association. Um, all right. So you're just going to respond as fast as you can. <laughs> okay, this is hard for me. All right. Okay. 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 I know we tend I can't to re- even look at you. Yeah. Ready? Uh-huh. Mom. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I just literally just thought of Barbara Phillips. That's, <laughs> that's it. I just like great. Thought I just Fair. You know, I'm yeah, I'm very literal sometimes. That's a good thing. I like especially like I dream my dreams are very like obvious like I don't have it there's not a lot to wade through in my dreams but this is really helpful because if you're playing word association with someone which I highly encourage when you're meeting somebody new and you're trying to find red flags in people if they're (laughs) literal the way you're being literal right now that's good right that I (laughs) I talked about this the other day when I had someone on I once played word association about a year too late in a relationship with somebody and uh, I said because my therapist told me to start doing it with people because I just couldn't see red flags to save my life and when I did I would like paint them green and uh I said, um, woman, and the guy went, cunt. No. <laughs> I was like, wish I had done this test a year ago. That makes me sad. Ready? What's wrong with people? Yeah. Blood. I mean, weirdly, I thought of Bonnie Vare. I mean, because <laughs> I was thinking of the Blood Bank song. Yes, I like yes. I love that song. Deep. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can't. You guys, I can't. I'm not really bad at this. What? My vagina. <laughs> My sweat. Shame. My sweat. Every part of my body is wet. Always. Always. I'm the wettest person I know. I'm serious. I'm serious. Sick. Oh. Um, fuck. I don't know. Sick. I don't know. I don't have anything. Sick. I don't have anything. Wait. I mean sinuses. Yeah. Easy. See, you're like too emotionally healthy for this game. You're just very clear and literal. Safe. Home. Man. <laughs> like, I was like, woman. Um, I did. I did. Wait, that, that was. Is, that actually might be my favorite. That actually. That Man, was, woman. woman. <laughs> that actually was my immediate <laughs> response. Man, woman. Yes. That's kind of amazing. Child. Birdie. My first one. Fear. Um, alone. Money. Lots. <laughs> money. Lots. Um, money. Lots. Hollywood. No. I think that's it. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Bollywood. <laughs> Ooh. That's <laughs> fun. That does sound fun. I love the dancing. Rough. Sex. Cricket. My baby. I feel like you passed that with flying colors. That was impressive as shit. The the more clear and direct your word association answer, the more mentally healthy and well-adjusted someone is. You win. Man-woman is the only... Uh, the, that's the rub. It's the only... That's the only rub. Fear alone, there's something there, maybe. Well, no shit. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. might be worth looking into. Yeah. But on your, well, that's what we're doing, doing I, in my therapy. I deal with that a lot. But in your motorboat, you had someone in there. 
Yeah, but I'm very like family focused because I'm a mom. So yeah, that's different. I mean, some moms are really narcissistic and like you know, but I, I think becoming a mom for me took me way outside myself. I feel like a lot of people um, responded positively. I can't wait on this because I don't have children. That's where my speech impediment comes in. Have you noticed? I just skip words. Just like full, like, uh, are they conjunctions? What are the things that connect words and sentences? I just skip them. Like, right. and I'm also putting pressure on myself because I feel like you have to be somewhere. Um, but a lot of people responded to when you said that you ask your kids permission before you post them on social media. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I look, it's, I have no, I'm, tr- I, this is true. This is fucking true. And I don't, and it's not even like if you stopped this, I would tell you something differently. I have no fucking judgment on yeah. how anyone treats their kids or so right. does anything on social no vis-a-vis social media yeah um because first of all we don't fucking know we it don't just know. was invented we don't know so so who fucking knows we don't know so like your choice to like put a sticker over their face my choice to like ask their permission yeah. your choice to just fucking post yeah. every photo of yeah. their shit yeah you know like who fucking knows the fact that people now are like we have, to, we have to protect our kids like we used to give a roll of film with photos of your kids to a fucking stranger well, i think people have like i think people have lots of different motivations yeah and and i and i personally am like open to all things being right yeah yeah and that's or right for you or right for you and like that's a thing especially when dealing with my rape okay i know this is like but when you know you therapy and all that like it's very difficult sometimes for people to hold two truths yeah and i think that my i have a deep deep rooted understanding of holding many truths at the same time about the same situation. And so that translates to my parenting Mm -hmm. in that like my decision to involve my children in my social media because it is a part of my job Mm -hmm. at this point, B something that I want them to like have an awareness of and be able to feel like they have agency over yeah. and and also um, something that they're not afraid of. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, moving forward, I don't even know what it's going to look like for them mm-hmm. it, as teenagers and especially cricket because we're talking like she'll be – she's six. So mm-hmm. in 10 years, what's the thing going to be? It's mm-hmm. not going to be Instagram probably. Yeah. It'll be something else. Yeah. Um, But I want them to learn through me and through my stuff, Mm -hmm. like how to kind of try to navigate that world Mm -hmm. and and what sharing is appropriate and what's inappropriate. And like we had a little bit of a fail with my 11 year old. She has a private she's private uh, TikTok thing, you know, just for her friends. Yeah. And she did a TikTok that wasn't like wasn't mean. It was like. Express. I thought you were just going. Wasn't that funny? Well, it was. It was like we was a fail. We had to take it down. <laughs> just didn't get it a lot of likes. Didn't get a lot of likes. Just not a fan. No, but, but but she did. She did express an emotion she was going through about a fight she was in with a friend. Mm-hmm. Using that like post Malone song, mm-hmm. like we talk in different circles or whatever. I don't. Right. I don't either. Um. But used like the friend's name in the TikTok. You know, and I was like, oh, boy, well, that's not we can't do that. That's not acceptable. Like you can't. 
put your friend on blast on social media. It was like, to me, it was less, she felt stupid, like she, stupid. She felt embarrassed mm-hmm. about it. Um, and it was taken down. It was like brought to our attention from the other girl's mom or something. Yeah. The other girl. Yeah. The other girl like told the teachers and the teachers told us. It's the whole thing. But that's um, like, I mean, we just used to gossip. We used to just go, Oh, please. You know? My friends would call three-way. They would three-way call me, and one girl would be quiet, and then the other girl yes! would be like, tell me what you do. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what Lindsay said about you? Tell. While you're what, on the phone. What did you, what did you, what do you want to say about yep. Lindsay or yep. whatever? And then you would say the thing, and then Lindsay would be like, you're the worst, and hang up the phone, like and then you're in a fight. Us. That was They'd a trap. They'd wiretap us. It was a trap. But, um, yeah, but like, so... Yeah, so part of my social media, like my involving my kids, which is that I ask their permission since they were very, very little. Yeah. I will if we take a picture and I want to post it on Instagram. I'm like, hey, I want to post this picture with the caption X. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, just so you know, lots and lots of people will see it. Some of them are our friends, but a lot of them we don't know personally. Mm-hmm. And Birdie went through a period of time where she was like. Yeah, no, mm-mm. I don't want to be mm-mm. absolutely not. And I totally respected that. And then it was like That's upsetting funny. to me that some people would comment like, it's clear which daughter's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just clear which daughter is like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Post that. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, post that. Picture. And it just looks like you're only. Posting it looks like cricket. I only post cricket because Bernie's just more. She's she's older and she's like more protective of her, of her personal, of her persona, of her, her public brand. persona, she of just her feels brand. Like you're compromising. She's trying her brand. to protect her brand, guys. And like honestly, I'm on board with it because who knows <laughs> what kind of partnerships we're gonna land next year for her. What are you gonna do if they want to act? I don't know. I'll be supportive of them. I want them to be happy and fulfilled and feel loved. And I do think a little bit that, like, if we do our jobs correctly, they won't. But, yeah, you know. But there's also, like, an inherent thing in some kids. I see this with some of my other friends whose kids are – um, who are like Performers. kids of famous people or whatever, and they are already they're just they come out like singing and dancing and yeah yeah weird like yeah. you know it's an epigenetics it is mm-hmm. I had it from my mom yeah people don't talk about epigenetics enough I know you guys have heard me ramble on about it but sort of the neurochemicals that you're pummeled with when you're in utero basically kind of decide a lot of things about your life. If your mother is stressed out a lot while she's pregnant with you, you're going to get an addiction to cortisol and adrenaline. The same way like a crack baby is addicted to crack. When I worry about that with Birdie because I was really stressed out when I was pregnant. Well, hmm. no, that's not true. I was really chill when I was pregnant with her. I was really stressed out after I had her. Yeah. So you're good. You're good. Cricket. I mean, if they were reading your faces, that was probably before she was reading your face. If you were stressed like right after you had her. Yeah. I mean, the first three years, it's really about eye contact. And you were with, I remember her constantly. I remember one time I came over when you first had Birdie and I came over and I went to go touch her and you were like, get some Purell on your hands. Like you had the Purell pump. Yeah. I was a nerd. I was a really, I was a wreck. Well, I think it with your first like, baby, everyone is. I think so. I wish there was a way to like teach people how to raise their second child first. Right. Because the second one, you're like, yeah, take her. I don't, she's fine. I got to do this other thing. She's going to be great. You know, I love you. I love you. (laughs) You're so cute. Oh my gosh. Okay, bye. Like, I just was so much more chill with Cricket. The first child is like, is it going to die? Is it going to die? It just coughed. Is it going to die? I mean, you're just like so much more anxious. Well, the whole, but they do get more eye contact and they do know that they're going to be cared for. So the, the the whole first year of any baby's life as a mother, your brain is, is like, I don't, you know, half of your brain is 
tasked with making sure that that kid stays alive for the first year. That's right. That's it. And so everything that you do in the back of your head, that is like running always, Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like new moms are wild. Yep. I mean, you have escalated hearing. Like you can hear better as soon as you give Mm -hmm. birth. You just become sort of like superhuman. We're animals. I mean, we are animals, which is also my theory about like increased anxiety everywhere. Well, yeah, because we're not designed. We're not designed to be in tribes over 100 people. That, yes, but here's my other yeah. theory. Because all these kids, all these fucking kids yeah. have, like, crazy anxiety. Yeah. And so my theory is actually about climate change and, oh, that, yeah. we, and that we're just animals. Yeah. And, like, much like your dogs will go nuts before an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. Our earth is literally dying. Yeah. And we, on some yeah. very primal level, yeah. know it. And so everybody's hippocampus is, like, going crazy. Yeah. And, like freaking us all out yeah everyone, and so we and so we're and so we're putting it on yep. all these other things yes i tweeted this thing the other day like i feel like everything is a red herring like literally yes. everything every even and, though they've gone extinct red herrings have even gone extinct red herrings are dead <laughs> but <laughs> good news is the good news is anxiety does motivate you to do things so that is why the next generation is probably going to fix this fucking mess well, i hope but i hope so but but this is what i'm saying about red herrings like so many people are like i have so much anxiety it's about social media it's my fomo i was like yeah. it's not your fucking fomo yeah. it's the world is a, on fire Yes, yes, literally. And, like, let's do something <laughs> about it. And then the people at the top, the yeah. people that are, like, actually in charge of all the actual shit yep. that could change yep. climate change mm-hmm. don't feel it because they're dead inside. That's correct. They went numb. They're numb. Yeah, power changes your brain. Yeah, they it have, shuts no, down your they have no, like, yes. awareness. They're yes. not feeling anything. Yes. We are, like, out of our fucking minds. That's right. We're crazy people. That's right. But the truth is, they're the fucking crazy people. And the thing with social media that I think a lot of people get half right is the stuff with uh, social media causing anxiety. Your phone already produces cortisol because your brain thinks it's the sun, the light in it. So it's like your brain is already producing cortisol. Do you ever use those glasses? The No. I you know, put, I got them. Really? Mm-hmm. I put my phone in grayscale and then in dark mode as well but it still doesn't work i'm an addict so it's always going to be a thing yeah me me too you know but social media does cause anxiety for the reason we don't know it causes anxiety is because our brain is designed to rank ourselves so we're designed to anytime uh uh, an animal walks into a room they basically have to rank themselves they go okay like you're more powerful than me you're less powerful Mm -hmm. than me okay you're the person whose ass i need to kiss in order to be safe if shit hits the fan you're the person that's gonna make sure i'm Mm -hmm. safe so we're designed to do that like a couple times a day the problem is what we do on social media is most of us follow people who are more powerful than us aspirational celebrities rich people famous Mm -hmm. people gorgeous people whatever so we're constantly ranking ourselves every time we go on social media and we're pretty much always at the bottom of the ranking mm-hmm. and our primordial brain is basically like you're the least valuable person in this tribe you're the one they'll mm-hmm. you know reject you're the least mm-hmm. you know the one they'll leave behind you know so that's really what ends up happening mm-hmm. so you stop producing as much serotonin last thing and then i'm gonna let you go gift what's the best gift you've gotten if i'm gonna buy busy phillips a good gift what's it gonna be i'm obsessed with gifting i'm obsessed with how to show people you love them and I think something personal. Yeah. Period. Okay. P- like something personal that I will like be like, oh my God, you remember? That's so crazy. Oh, this girl, this girl sends, you know, I love crystals because I have, yeah, rock and rock because I've, you know, lived in Los Angeles long enough at this point <laughs> where I'm just like draped. And crystals, time. you are, you, you now dress like a rich psychic. I love it. I, that's, my, that is my aesthetic. I had a friend, my friend Eliza, she was like a mom friend of mine that I'm that I love and she was like, "My only goal in life is at some point I just want to like be dressed like like a therapist on the upper east side." <laughs> and I was like, 
that is so fucking specific. And I realize that mine is like like a, a rich psychic. Yes. I just want to look like a rich psychic. Like a gold digger in Santa Fe. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I love her. Okay. So, but anyway, this girl sent me this as a gift mm-hmm. because I like love her crystals and I, you know, whatever. Um, and they're so beautiful. And she inscribed on the inside of it, know them yourself. Oh, that's... Which is, from my book, I said, like, no one's going to... The realization I had is, like, no one's ever going to tell you the things that you want or need to hear. All of the things that you want and need to hear in the moment. You just have to know them yourself. That's so true. No, and it was so sweet. I don't think people know how easy it is to get something engraved. I don't think I think of that enough. Things remembered at the mall? Get where, it. Where are we getting things engraved? Yeah, Benton? we can do that. Benton is the expert on all things mall. I love them all. Benton, I love them all. Oh, he worked in the mall for years. I love them all so much. I think he still secretly does. What? Where where did you work? I I worked at Sephora and Uh I worked at Mac. I just Uh told him he had to stop mentioning brands so much. So now he's. Was it BevSent? Beverly Center? No, No, I'm from Tennessee. Oh, so this was in Tennessee. Yeah. This is Peak Mall. Oh, Peak Mall. Oh, Benton just got out here. What? Have you. Oh, my God. I didn't. I was unaware of that part of the journey. He was opening for me on the road, and I was like, do you want to be my assistant? I did, literally missed that chapter. So did so we. So did she. <laughs> I kind of was like, wait, you literally live in Tennessee? Yeah, and then he was a PA on a pilot that I did a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and he really got a a rough entry into not Hollywood. Not fun, not fun. No. Mm-mm. It's fine. And, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. I do think we could sell a show with Benton and Ray. Uh, it's so we, stupid that we don't, we haven't done it yet. Full Ryan Seacrest. Why wouldn't we do that? And just produce a reality show. Yeah, that's what inventing. I'm saying. And we, I mean, obviously, we're a part of it. We're characters. In well, the show. obviously, obviously, <laughs> we're casting ourselves. <laughs> We've got to have like. But you I know. do think that like the two of them together trying to make shit happen for us is like just why do we hate money so much? Why haven't we done this? I don't know. It's weird. Too much money might be unhealthy. Maybe that's what we're doing. Not for me because I want to make a billion dollars so that we can Good. give it back. I want to be I want to become a billionaire so that I can save the world. Yeah, that's my no, me too. Because I, I give that, all my money away. Yes, I think we. I think that's the whole thing. You have to. You have to give all your money away. Because some like, guy's going to get it if we don't. That's my thing. That's my thing about snatching bags right now is that like, if not me, it's just going to be some fucking guy. Correct. Correct. And I'd rather be the I'll be the fucking guy. What did yeah. Cher say? I am a rich man, mom. I am a rich man. Marry a rich man and I am a rich man. No, you know that my mom said that to, I didn't know that was a share thing. I thought my mom made that up. Oh, maybe she did. No, but I don't think she did. But I think it was, I think Cher had said it first. But my, but like some woman when I was a child said, like I commented on her jewelry or whatever. And I, and she was like, oh, your daughter has very expensive taste. You better marry rich. And my mom said, busy's not going to marry rich. She's going to be rich. (laughs) Your mom is such a badass. Red flags in people. Just a couple. So our listeners have something to take away here with the red flag. I mean, yeah, like, like I think like a, like a, a that, I mean, that's the only, I can't, I'm doing a thing. Someone who tries to grab your face? Like someone, um, a, 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 like a, a life stealer. A be, vampire. Be care, be care, beware of vampires. Beware vampires. of vampires. People who ask too much of you too quickly. I think it's more like people who steal your fucking life. That, yeah. Like, that's happened to me. A Leeches. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Like I know. I've been friends with people and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, but how, what, how are you at this place? This is my place. And then wait, how are you at this this place too? Oh my God. And wait, this 
very, very specific weird place that I, what? Yeah. What's happening? And there's a difference. And why are you wearing nine crystal necklaces? Right. And there's a difference between being like a per I am a connector. Like, yes, if you you're are. into like a very Malcolm so. Gladwell you vibe. Are very, right? I, I, there are literally, you are the Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. of sort of in terms of everyone kind of knows each other yes. through you, I feel like. A lot of, and I'm, and I'm happy to make introductions and I love, and there's a difference between like connecting people and then having, and then being taken advantage of by people. That's right. I and, and I have had that in relationships before where people have just totally fucking taken advantage of me yeah. in a way that like doesn't feel good and then starts to make me feel like what? anxious and weird and like what's happening why am i wait wh- why am i not at that dinner party where it's literally everyone that, that I, introduced? I introduced yes <laughs> and i also had this thing where i used to like i don't i don't think someone can use you for too long without your consent you know mm-hmm. and i used to allow myself to be used in a pretty extreme way and it took me a long time to ascertain when that was kind of happening yeah it's a it's and that's another thing as we are just aging beautifully. Speak um, for yourself. You I'm Benjamin say. Button. You're also like, you're so much younger than me too. No, 37. Honey, that's like a, that's like a, a million years younger than me. You're really? not, four, I'm 40. That's three years. Yeah, that's everything. Math is not our strong suit. <laughs> when I look back at 37, I was just a different person. <laughs> Three years ago. Yes. I'm so much better looking today. I, you know what? I, I have always, and I remember I was on a movie set with an actor named Charlie Hunnam. Mm. And we talked about how beautiful you are for like a couple hours. What? It was real. Have I never told you about this? No. Like, I, I think you are bewitchingly beautiful. That's really nice. But I wasn't always. I really came into it. I don't know. I think I, I think it's actually true. I think if you look back, you'll be like, oh, interesting. No. Okay. Huh. But I do think, I think I will look better as I age. I grew into my face. Mm-hmm. There's that. Maybe. I did. But I also, I don't know. Ugh. I have, you know, my other theory. <laughs> Part two of the pod. I think that. I think that your outsides catch up with your inside. I think so, too. And I said that a lot when I was little because yeah. of that milk commercial. I had it memorized. Oh, yeah. Um, and I would practice it in the mirror for mm-hmm. And I really think that something, like, wormed into my brain. And I do think that I have, like, tried to live my life in a way. And I've tried to do the work. And I've tried to be self-aware. And I've tried to be a good person and a good friend and show up for people and show up for the world and show up for everything and, like, also take care of myself and, like, do all of the things. And then I think I got prettier. That's... <laughs> Like, I'm serious. It's pretty powerful. There's nothing, there's nothing injected. Why can't people there's say nothing. that? Yeah, no. Why can't people say that? No, I, I mean, I'm saying it. Yeah. I said, there's, <laughs> there's, like, I, I, you did you hear me? Said it. Just said it. Um, like, nothing injected, no work done. I think I just, like, literally, my outsides caught up. Like, that is pretty, and you drink more water than anyone in America. And it, guys, and, and it's hydration. It is wild because and I. And also Olay. I think. <laughs> I also, because I get accused of having facelifts so often, facelifts are like, I don't know what people think I have like cheek implants and chin implants and all sorts of shit. Um, I do have breast implants, pretty open. If I have plastic surgery, I am going to post it. I know. You will know. Yeah, me too. The only thing I like have gone back and forth about is like getting the tummy pull thing because I 
had the two babies and I have the skin. Like I can work out. I love my, like I'm so proud of my strong ass body. Um, but I do have that skin stuff and I, I go back and forth. Like the feminist in me is like, fuck it. That's even the proof, that's the proof of your life, whatever. And then the other part of me is like, but just let's stretch it. I think like, the most feminist thing is to do whatever the fuck you want. I agree. Whenever you want. So I, agree. I waited so long to get my breast implants because I was so worried that I'd be a bad feminist if I did. And in being a good feminist doesn't mean you're making yourself suffer because no. you're worried about the judgment of others. Totally. You know? Agreed. Do whatever it, the fuck you want. I know. But I also then I'm like, am I, oh, I can't be like Cher's mom and clueless and like die getting a tummy tuck. You but you're I mean? not going to, you're not. You won't. That's my fear. You're going to go to someone. I'm going I'm I'm to give you a guy. Um, but. Okay. I also I I did get more attractive I think in li- as I uh, I gained a bunch of weight and then everyone was like you got a facelift I was like no I'm just not gone yeah. I'm not starving to death oh that's another thing too this I isn't really filler it's fat I really always I really never did suffer really from any sort of deprivation in terms of like fat and then you learn how to put makeup on that's the other thing when they put side by side me and they're like Whitney before and after it's like well I just didn't know how to fucking use makeup and then it, I look better and I have better lighting like I learned how to pose on red carpets yeah I learned how to pose on red yeah carpets. that's Those, the other thing some of the poses from early days are shocking <laughs> shocking for both of us <laughs> I've seen them slideshow I never could put I- them up but from maid of honor from that premiere in New York I could have that could have been well, a you real were great incredibly look. pregnant I wasn't, though. I was like, as, okay, you know the joke about this, right? Yes, I do. I was two weeks ahead, two weeks ahead of Michelle Monaghan, mm-hmm. pregnant. Right. She was still hiding her pregnancy. You couldn't, she was, this is not a joke. You can look at the pictures from this premiere. I was five months pregnant. Wild. I remember you were in a Nicole Miller dress. Yeah. Your style has got it for me. Oh, really? Rob Zangardi. Really? Yeah. I didn't have a style. I never had oh, a style. Oh, Rob is the best. Never had a style. Rob is too busy for me now. He has like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, he's got a huge. I know. He's, he's the huge. best. He did my special, but he's so busy. I always feel bad asking him. But the only stylist I've ever had is Carla Welch. And I met her after Birdie was born. And I didn't have anyone to help me with the Maid of Honor premiere. And you like, I wanted that dress. And you were like, I don't live. I've, I've got a guy. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to get the guy. Well, Rob Zangardi was one of my best friends at the time. He was, uh, I was a writer on Last Call with Carson Daly. Don't mean to brag. And he was working on that. And we were just really good friends. Wild. I know. I love you. I love you. We went so long, but we're probably going to cut a lot of this out. If you start wait. having a panic attack afterwards. What else? What um, else do you want to say? Mark says, you still with Whitney. <laughs> yeah, it's Whitney. I'll be here for another four hours. <laughs> 17 hours later. I don't know where I am. I'm like, she gave me the personality test like Jamie Foxx. She made me drive so far away like Jamie Foxx. Whitney, am are I, you Jamie, Jamie Foxx? I am. Oh, no. That's why I got so upset. I'm projecting because oh I my saw God. myself in him. I love you guys. Um... Uh, good for you, Busy Phillips. You already follow her. Subscribe. Do it. Subscribe. Uh, don't ride elephants. Season. Oh yeah, don't do that. Hmm? Don't ride a baby elephant. Never. Never. Don't ride elephants. Don't look any. No. People don't get it. Yeah, yeah.